What's up, y'all? This is Watching While Black with Gizmo, Madge, and Miles, and we are covering The Bear season two. We're we're uh, re-entering the world of The Bear. Yeah. If you want to check out our coverage of season one, that's available on our feed. And what did everybody think of this season of The Bear? I I feel like some of the episodes in this season were a little bit irrelevant, which they I feel like they might tie in later on, like next season, but. I was not, at, like, after watching this season, I was like, that's it? Like, where's the rest of it? Once it was over. But it, overall, Same. it was good. I was like, where's the rest of it? I feel like it was kind of choppy. But it was good. I agree with that. I feel like it cut off really. Abrupt. It felt like it cut off abruptly. Where It was just getting started. Like, they were amping up and amping up and just getting started with the new restaurant and i was like i kind of want to see more of that but i do like that we got to see a lot of their prep to get to that point like that was cool yeah because a lot of it was like really interesting character work right oh yeah like uh it did end like really abrupt at the end like in a a real depressing part too and everything but like other than that like it was it was really nice like uh like 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 last season it was like really stressful they know how to like make you like just like sweat like in every situation you know but like other than that like it was good characters uh good character chemistry and everything like that good good storytelling i like the uh my favorite episode is the um flashback episode with the uh christmas oh the 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 christmas episode i think it's called fishes fishes oh yeah yeah i like that one that's the best one for me and yeah it was a good it was a good season well do do we want to go episode by episode again I guess so. I, yeah. I got to pull up the episodes. Or, like, you explain the episodes. I feel like I can remember a little bit better or stay on task a little bit better if we do it episode by episode because in this season they hopped around a lot. Mm. So I was a little bit confused for a second. I was like, who is this? Who is this new dude? So I feel like it would be easier if we went episode That's by true. episode. That's true. I feel like they gave every character kind of their own episode to work with there a little bit. Yeah. We learned a lot more about them as individuals this season than we did last season for sure. Mm. But, and so who's going to kick it off? Are you Gizmo? Um, okay. I, I can't believe the uh, the first episode of this is called Beef. Like, they're they're really trying to make me confused with these titles. Yeah. I swear to God. Because the old restaurant is called The Beef, right? Yeah. And then, so that really threw me off when trying to remember the difference between the bear and the beef mm. so, sorry bear sorry the bear and beef as far as the show titles yeah. so the season two episode one is titled beef and that is the one where the crew is trying to plan how to go about making this new restaurant they end up making a crazy budget their budget's wild bro <laughs> like whatever and uh they end up getting the help of oliver platt as an investor to bring more money into the enterprise and that's a whole scenario yes i feel like in this episode i like part of me forgot what happened last season and i was like how did they go from just deciding they're gonna redo the episode i mean redo the restaurant or like fund the restaurant with this laundered money to needing to to change the entire concept of the restaurant because i feel like that's a little bit more Trick that's trickier than just kind of starting where you already are and kind of working your way up. Like, I, I kind of wish they went a little bit more into detail as to why they decided to to completely like redo it because they did kind of say some stuff last season, that, but they didn't really go much into detail. And I realized later on in this season they kind of tell us why, but even still, it's they don't really tell us 
like why they decided to do fine dining and not you know the regular old thing the regular old thing yeah it did seem like a like a big switch up i was confused like what type of like theme it was you know yeah but like as i was going i kind of i kind of like caught on a little bit i still don't know what they'd be making but it's, it's, yeah yeah the theme of their restaurant is it's kind of that was one thing that annoyed me the entire time i was like they're not discussing a menu and when they are they're not really sure about what they want to do they're just testing stuff out they're not even stating like what the cuisine is is it fusion is it american mm. is it like french that had me annoyed because i'm like that's like one of the most important things especially right. if you're doing a fine dining restaurant yes absolutely yeah I, i'm not i wasn't i'm not like a restaurant person so i didn't know if i was like tripping or not if there was had to be like a like a set theme because i was like wondering like what's the thing what's the theme like even with the the uh when they were decorating the thing i was like what, what's the theme what's the thing and like everything seemed like it was like so like different so here's a question for me what exactly is a project manager so a project manager is is just someone who oversees a project kind of like an event planner like they really don't have they can it's kind of like a like an independent contractor in a sense like they can be hired for anything and they just oversee that every little detail gets done for that particular thing but these aren't even pro i feel like they shouldn't have made natalie the project manager if anything they should have made her the kitchen manager because she's executing how the kitchen is being completed and how the restaurant is being completed and how the restaurant is being ran but i understand mm-hmm. they needed someone to oversee the renovations which is how come they called her the project manager because she's just really oh, overseeing that project right but she had such a bigger role you know maybe her her role morphed from project manager into kitchen manager once the restaurant was actually complete possibly i think so but i think that like this show like this episode kind of put me in the mindset of this is a bunch of people who have an idea and don't know how to execute it and so they're mm-hmm. all just kind of figuring it out as they go Oh yeah, I can see that. I see that because it did seem like it was all over the place at some points, and I, especially at the points where like they're like trying to like, test something out, but it's like they kept like make, making like bad food. That was something I didn't quite get either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand like why everything they tried was just gross. I like what is happening here. The whole time I was just I kept shouting, "Stop making trash food!" Yeah, I don't know. See, and that's something I like. That part kind of had me kind of like like what are they doing? To where everything is turning out so bad because I remember when I was in culinary school, we like we all understood how to like that's a part of the the curriculum. They teach you how to blend foods together. They teach you how to mix and match and how to pair and how to balance a dish. So I'm like, is she not tasting? In my head, I kept thinking, is she not tasting as she's going? Is she not tasting? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're tasting it at the end. Like, like who does that? Once they like set up. That's like, but all, mm-hmm. I was gonna say that's like not a chef thing. Everybody knows you taste right. as you go, and then you know at the end it, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something that takes place in episode three. But this one they do bring on Oliver Platt, and also I had something to say about that that meeting with Oliver Platt. The like fire alarm was going off the entire time, and like Sydney and Sugar had the um had the earplugs in, mm-hmm. and Carmi's just sitting there listening to it 
chill as fuck and i was like this is they are really like saying something about this character where everybody else this this loud alarm going off and off and off is just making them lose their minds and carmy is just sitting there chill 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 as a cucumber i noticed not even worried that that made me think like are they saying he has like ptsd because i feel like in season one they did kind of touch on him having some like his flashbacks and his his dreams and when he would go to the meetings and stuff in season one i feel like they were touching on him having some sort of some like some sort of ptsd or something he had something going on where it would bother him like Mm. certain things um were bothering him so in his in my mind he's already like he's already like a um what is the word what is the new term for it Uh, oh uh i don't know a trauma survivor to be honest yeah that's kind of what I would, yeah, like a trauma, a trauma survivor, because he, number one, he was working in a really harsh environment, and I know from working in kitchens, and a lot of people that have worked in kitchens, they often deal with like PTSD, mm-hmm. and they're often people that were in the military, and that come from a really stressful background, and they fit very well in those environments. Yeah. So. But I, I was thinking, I thought back to this scene when it, whenever we watched the Christmas episode, because that is like was so, so hectic. And I'm like, if that was his everyday life, then it makes sense that, that he's just sitting there chilling. Although Sugar wasn't sitting there chilling. But then she also re- uh, reacted to those that that high energy uh, environment differently then yeah. as well than he did. Right. Yeah. And it's, it seemed like um especially when everything was like unraveling at the kitchen table at Carmi seemed like he was more chill, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, then, like, then everybody. Yeah, yeah you can tell he's just I, like trying to like be in his own place, and he just like knows how to like just like oh, I can. See, I, can I, f- do this. I feel like with Carmi, it's just that he internalizes that stuff more so than re- you know uh, responds outwardly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why like we saw later in this season, he just kind of exploded often. Oh, yeah, it, yes. until everything is like built up. Yeah, because he is like a like a real quiet person, and like you can see like when he's in his like little therapy sessions, he always talks about how like he's like awkward. Even um, what's her name? The his love interest, Claire. Claire. Even Claire, even Claire was like, "Oh yeah, he's a little shy." You know, <laughs> they said her name so much this season. Golly, uh, if I remember one character's name in this whole season, it's Claire Bear. And okay, the thing I, is, they, <laughs> Claire Bear. Yeah, it, it sounds. It reminds me of Care Bear. For for a moment, I thought they were saying Care Bear, but they were saying Claire Bear. They um, I feel like they. I knew about. I feel like. I hope she comes back next season. Because I feel like she kind of balanced him out. And I hate how everyone else in the show kind of perceived her as a distraction for Carmi. But I feel like she kept him grounded. Because honestly, the restaurant seemed to be a huge stress factor for Carmi. But she kind of just made that all go away. And Mm -hmm. it was so, you could tell it was a healthy relationship in comparison to what carmy was used to as far as relationships goes whether it be family or whatever yes yes i also think it made the environment of the restaurant way more chill yeah because <laughs> because as you know the environment of a workplace it all trickles down from the top you know like whatever is going on at the top everyone is gonna feel all all of all across the board you know right. and you know that's a that's a very good thing to to note because a lot of the times people people will internalize something that happens to them from like a supervisor or from like management or some somebody at work as a them problem when in reality it's that individual's issue and we saw this constantly throughout 
both seasons where oh that's so true yeah michael carmy's brother who owned the restaurant was going through it and they even touched on that in the episode um the christmas episode i think it was episode five or six where he we'll get there we'll get there but you can see it from there with michael then you saw it of course with carmy when he came in even in season one and this season and then you even see it kind of with natalie she's kind of she's she's that in a different sense like although she because like you know she's a project manager so she's helping everything kind of come together she's still kind of um let me see she was like a calm chaos in a sense like she Mm -hmm. i noticed she would constantly vent to random people or in our eyes what seemed to be like a random person like just on the phone with the plumber telling some i don't know what i'm gonna do with this baby and you know (laughs) (laughs) like a lot of crazy like she was overwhelmed but she would only let certain people see it and it seemed like people that were transactional and like short term in her life and that's still even chaotic I agree, but like, also, I think you need to let some of that out sometimes, you know? You definitely do. I just don't know if no. she, she was being. I feel like I wish we saw more between her talking to her husband. <laughs> yeah, her even though he's dangerous. uh he's a little dippy, but yeah, <laughs> even then, yeah. He's a little touch. He's a little touch. <laughs> yeah. That guy. I got some stuff to say later about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so. Uh, we can, I think we can go on to the next episode because yeah. uh, I think basically the only thing we didn't really discuss was that Oliver Platt decided to invest in the restaurant and give them the loan. Yes, uh, under some crazy terms. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Absolutely. That. Oh, oh. If this doesn't go well in a year, the whole thing is yours. You can you can demolish the building if you want to. Like, wild, wow. wild. That's crazy. And I guess. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> See, do you think, okay, do you think that Carmi, like, chases after untenable situations? Do you know, because he was the first person to say, hey, this is the deadline. Like, do you think he searches out crazy deadlines to, to I don't know, feel something or, or what? Or, I feel like, like, what's the deal? He probably does try to seek a thrill and stuff like that but also Carmi seems like the type of person to self-sabotage. So he'll yeah. sabotage himself. 100%. <laughs> sabotage the entire situation so he can so he can have a reason to pout because we you'll like you know later on in the season we saw how he was fussing with what's his name cousin richie yeah he was fussing richie. with richie and richie was like let something good happen to you you don't have oh, to yes. have a yes. terrible life and it's true like just let something good happen like because again like a person that can sit in a room and hear all that alarm going and going and going and feel nothing he probably has to be like right at the edge all the time mm. right. in order to feel anything. And oh yeah, you, you can see in the, uh, certain situations like uh, like like you say like um, if he just like goes into a situation like makes a deadline, he's just like okay, he kind of like just going with it and just like uh, pin stuff out there and uh, and like he does like self sabotage a lot, like like with the um oh n- giving her the wrong number yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. giving her the wrong number yes yes and everything. we'll get to that in episode yeah. two oh yeah he did that I, I know really, we're so serious about it yeah yeah. <laughs> he, yeah bro he's hot mess because yeah. but but to add on to what you were saying he um like with him being in the in that loud noise being crazy i know one mm-hmm. thing that they teach people 
like when they're like when I was in culinary school they would teach us like no matter what's going on you have to remain calm and you just have to deal with it and in a way that can be really unhealthy because like if I hear an alarm going off I should be alarmed but if you're constantly taught to to be like like I know y'all seen Hell's Kitchen like there could be a fire in the corner and you're taught to like ignore the fire and let that one person deal with it versus Uh. Makes sense. You know, everybody else trying to tend to it. Everybody. Yeah. If every if everyone rushes to that point in the kitchen, it's going to create more problems. Exactly. So I feel like he probably also has just been so he's been so trained to do that. It it doesn't even that was like nothing. Godly. Yeah. He just does stuff without thinking. Yeah. Pretty much. So like episode two is called pasta. Mm. And that is when they're doing most of the construction on the new restaurant. And also, they're kind of uh, reorienting who's going to do what roles in in, in, in the uh, restaurant. Because I think previously, uh, wasn't Sydney the sous chef? Yes, she was. And and so she is was kind of trying to set Tina up for being the sous chef. And then she was shifting into... I'm not sure. What's the role that Sydney is shifting into? I think she's trying to be... Like say, is it assistant manager or something? Assistant store. So there's there's a few different types of chefs. You have the chef de cuisine. Oh, or whatever. oh, chef de cuisine. And then you have the executive sous, and then you can have the executive chef, and then the sous executive, which somehow or something like that, where they're not necessarily the same thing. Where it's like that person works right underneath the sous chef i mean as right underneath the executive chef as his or her right hand uh, okay person. okay so i guess that's what that's what she's doing now yeah and i think well, i feel like i felt like that was what she was doing before though is she basically just like actually assuming the role that she's been she's been taking the you know the whole time or i think now okay so the chef de cuisine they're typically like the head they're also a head chef but they so, like, you have the exec chef, and then you have the chef de cuisine, which is over that one kitchen in particular. And then you have the okay. sous chef. And so, so if, if she was just, chances are Carmi and her, they're, like, co-chefs. So she's simply over that kitchen. So if they were to franchise like they were talking about, Carmi mm-hmm. would be over mm-hmm. all the other ones, and she can only run that one kitchen in particular. Okay. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And then this is also the episode... Where they sign up uh, Tina and Ibrahim for the culinary school. Yeah. Yes. Which, I, oh my God. Like, I had heart palpitations when he was like, stop showing up. I was yeah. like, oh God, no, okay. What yeah. is happening? Like, believe in yourself. Then, um, I know, right? <laughs> for real. But like, he was having a lot of uh, issues. Uh, like, and I don't know if maybe it was like, I don't, I don't know if it was in his head issues or if it was like he was really having issues with his hands because like a lot, yeah, physical issues. I didn't know if he was having physical or or or, or psychological issues regarding that. Right. I mean, a lot of it seemed psychological, but then it seemed like his hands were shaking. But that could also be a physiological reaction to psychological things. Right. So it's hard to say on that. Right. I noticed that too, and I was like, is he just? so accustomed to what he knows that him doing this is causing him to have a physical reaction because I've seen that happen and yeah I remember when I was in culinary school a lot of people left like within the first couple weeks because either it wasn't what they were expecting or they kind of had a reaction where it was just like 
to be in an environment where the type of pressure is on you, it's like, I'd rather just cook at home, you know, versus yeah. have to deal with the pressure of, that I'm putting on myself as well as somebody else. And I do think with, with him, a lot of them were so accustomed to doing what they wanted to do at the the beef to the point to where at the bear, they, they, they like he knows that the stakes are higher at the bear because he was there when they opened, but he was no longer like doing what he used to do as far right. as cooking yes. in the same way. It's And I feel like that, that was because he chose not to go back because of the stress that he put on himself and he knew what could come with it. Yeah, there were like a lot of yeah. residual, like, uh, kind of like them being like mad about that, like everything's changing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. especially like from like last season where everybody was just like, oh, why is this young person like coming in here trying to like change everything? And this is like, I was like, oh, right. yeah. But the previous season, Ibrahim was one of the ones that was going with the flow of the change and everything. Right. Oh, was he? He, yeah, he I think he was. I feel like he was, but to a certain degree, I think they all had their reserves. Like, none of them were were as happy as, like, Marcus was because he was making donuts and, you know, doing his thing. <laughs> Marcus ascended. He was like, yes. <laughs> I think Ebro was one of the old ones that's just kind of like, I, just, I have to accept it because if not, I'm going to lose my job. Maybe, yeah. And I do think he was psyching himself out a lot. Like, I think that, um, because I remember the conversation that he had with Tina when he was just like, you know, maybe I just want to, maybe I don't want to better myself. Maybe I just want to be what I was and continue being that, you know. know, And I'm like, which is fine if that makes you happy. But also, it didn't seem to be making him happy because he kept hiding. Right. I was going to say that, like, a lot of them seem to... A lot of them seem to be resisting that change initially in season one because kind of the self-sabotage, similar to how Carmi wants bad stuff to happen to him because he's so accustomed to life being chaotic and gives Mm -hmm. him a reason to be pissy. Yeah, and he didn't know what to do when good things happened to him like Claire. Right, and I think that could have been the same thing. Like, Like, honestly, it was annoying me how much I had grown to like Tina this season because I was oh like, my goodness I, I like Tina last season as well but Tina yeah she's so great she's so great like every scene she's in I, I have such an emotional connection to whatever she's going through right because it was like why were you such a bitch to begin with and now you're just you're just this lovable likable person it's like what so I think she wasn't allowing herself to be vulnerable uh, before, you know, and I yeah. think she is like that with people that she feels comfortable like uh, around and, and people she feels like are a family. Do you know what I mean? Because she was like that kind of sweet with Richie uh, or, or even like tough love with him whenever he needed that. But she's prickly with people that she doesn't trust and that she's not, you know, comfortable around. Yeah. And she really needed that, uh, that affirmation. Cause like every single time someone like the more people say like oh you did good with this one Tina you did yeah the, the, keep keep doing that one she like starts smiling yeah yeah and I'm like oh, positive affirmation hit me in the heart yeah it's really sweet it's yeah. really sweet every time every time Tina starts smiling I'm just like oh god dang oh <laughs> yeah, godly yeah it was like Tina like she's one of those characters that they did a good job developing for sure and I think that she was an she's an example of somebody who because you know I think it, yeah last season her son came to work there. And yes. so it's like she knows that them getting better and her getting better betters her baby versus it seems like they're all in different stages of their life to where either they got it better themselves 
for someone else or they have to bear themselves for themselves. And I think with Carmi, he's kind of like, I don't really have a reason to be happy. And then Golly. same thing with Ibra. I think he didn't want to better himself because it's like, for what reason? And then with Tina, she got her kids. So it's like, I have to do better. And then, you know, yeah. Sydney uh. had her reason. Everybody had their reason. But I also think that Tina is, was just, is just feeling better overall, just based on um, the, 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 her, yeah, the environment and her, her tra- 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 I'm trying to say trajectory, <laughs> but I just can't. Okay, <laughs> you know what you're trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, and Tina, she's like, she was my favorite character. I will say, Sydney. I think I said this last time. She's like my least favorite character. <laughs> like I would I say, so Sydney is not my least favorite character. I, I, f- I feel like I don't have a least favorite character in this because I like everybody uh, pretty much the same. But I will say that Sydney makes a lot of decisions and does a lot of things that are just are just so I don't know, so awesome. counter counterintuitive. Right. She's counterproductive. I don't know. She does a lot of dumb stuff. I should say. She <laughs> I mean, does like do stuff like all, all, like on the spot. She's like, oh yeah, just like on the spot decision. She, yeah, she's just kind of. I don't want to say she's naive. Um, I feel like there's a better word because I don't think she's naive. I think she's just she's so anxious to the point to where. I think she overthinks stuff. She overthinks like things, yeah. a lot. Where a, a situation will be just whatever, and she'll make it like, oh my god, oh my god, and you don't have to right. do it, bro. Chill, chill. It's calm, calm. It'll be, it'll be. Oh okay. yeah, she does have like a little. You know? situation where she like tries to like prove people people wrong almost and like right. especially oh with, like she has a chip on her shoulder yeah, yeah. Right. especially with her dad and everything like that like the conversation she had when she's when he's like oh you should work here you should work here but she's like so like adamant on like getting this restaurant to work and right. so yeah agree and also i think she's just like really uh on on edge about things like she she's like she's like easily uh triggered if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. like like defensive she, she, she yeah, def- yes that yes she's so defensive and Honestly, she was annoying me this entire season. Like, last season, I was upset kind of how they treated her. And I was like, she kind of got a reason to act the way she does. But this season, I'm like, okay, now people are respecting you. They see you for who you are. And I'm trying to figure out why are you causing problems? Like, I understand Carmi to to communicate better. But it doesn't help you being passive-aggressive. So I think she's a deeply fearful character. Do you know what I mean? I think she she's just afraid a lot. Like they showed um, her anxiety about the restaurant tanking by uh, she she's the one going around and seeing that all the restaurants are closing due to COVID and all kind of other factors and everything is shutting down and she's having she's she's fearful of that. And then her in her discussions with her father, she's fearful of whether or not she's making the right choice with her career. Uh, Everything about her decisions seem to be driven by her fear rather than her competence and her uh, her abilities. Right. And I think that also kind of ties into why she sh- like they struggle with the broken palate, because in episode three, they they uh, it's called Sunday. But before we get to three, they did find mold in the construction. Richie was trying to hide it. And I don't know what I don't know what his plan was, but it seemed like his plan was just to hide it and not tackle that issue. Which I'm like, wow. that's, just, that's just his character, honestly. Uh, yeah, Richie. but mold mold is not something you can just ignore, no, especially not in a restaurant. He's one of those characters that's like always trying to make himself the star, like to make himself feel important. That's how I see Richie. Yeah, for and sure, hundred percent. 
I feel like in that situation, he was trying to hide it so he could be like Superman. Oh, y'all, look what I found. I already got to figure it out. Don't worry about it. In a way, kind of to undercut what Natalie's position, like Natalie's position in the restaurant, because pretty much with her being yes. the project manager. Do you think he was job. just, yeah. Do you think he was just like feeling some kind of way about like not getting that, that position? I think so. Because in his eyes, oh, I've been here longer, but she's co-owner and co um you know her brother owned the restaurant like yeah and she went in on the mortgage with him also exactly. didn't she yeah like she has money in there so it's not the same as somebody that's just worked there and that's you know best that was best friends with the um the owner with the owner because they kept saying multiple times you're not even really related to us like chill <laughs> <laughs> although i do like that they call him cousin mostly mostly they call him cousin but like sometimes they're like if they want to like put him in his place or something if they're if they're like okay now to calm down you, yeah. you, you're you not actually you're not actually a cousin but which i'm like make up your mind for because I, I feel like if you're gonna call somebody family do that and mean that and exactly. that's it you know like there's no uh, oh oh we'll call you cousin but but if we want you out of our hair we'll we'll say back up you know nah, nah, nah. yeah you don't do stuff like that but that shows like their character which it fits because they were also back oh, and forth back me. and forth I'll be right back but what else happened with the molt like the, the ceiling <laughs> fell in I know yeah like. Like yeah, because uh, so, I don't know what his plan was. Like, here's my thing is like, what did this was he planning to do about the problem? Because it's one thing to be like, oh, don't tell. And them calling her mom also aggressive, yeah. like microaggression. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she's a female in charge. Thanks. And then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was annoying. And then him because it's one thing to be like oh don't tell mom or whatever quote unquote and it's another thing to not even have a plan exactly at all because he didn't have not one plan because the only reason you don't go and tell management the higher if you the the only reason you don't go and tell someone higher up is when you can handle that thing if when you've got this and because because if they find out later on when something goes wrong about it that's on you because even then though it, it, that caused them to have to take down several walls which kind of changed the entire the layout plan. yeah it changed the entire layout of the kitchen it changed the entire layout of the restaurant i mean to be honest i kind of like the new layout a lot Me better because it's it flows the the i i don't mean i feel like i'm saying i'm about to be like oh the the, the feng shui but like it, it really the energy flows so much better and i like the way that they can do transitions from the front to the kitchen you would like that that mm-hmm. those those smooth transitions right. in from the from the front of house to the kitchen so cool no, it, and that's a good thing to note because I think nowadays in restaurants, they are commonly, it's more common to see open kitchens and kitchens with like glass windows where you, like it's transparent and you can see in the kitchen and there's an open floor concept. But there was a time back in the day where typically restaurants were a bit closed off and they had different sections and different seatings. And you still kind of see that in some restaurants that you go to that are like that came around or that started around like the... 70s and the 60s like for instance like when you go to like the most popular like the popular Applebee's and the Chili's and stuff like that you kind of see like they're closed off they have walls everywhere they're dark nowadays restaurants more modern restaurants they tend to have better lighting they tend to have brighter furniture it's all about being able to see and connect better with your with your meal and your the environment than it, it was back in the day and, and you were gonna say something 
I, I no, I was just saying interesting. Yeah, and it's like it's like you see that even with homes now, like open concept homes are way more popular than homes where every room is kind of sectioned off. Like now people want an open kitchen and dining room together and people want an open living room and dining room and kitchen so everyone can see and be connected to every single room. It's like a feeling thing. It's like a vibe thing. Like when everyone's together type deal. That's kind of how I see it. Like a community. I, I like I like it when there's a dining area attached to the kitchen a lot. Like I've been watching a lot of these uh like I watched this show, uh, Hack Your Home on on Netflix or whatever, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, is like how to reinvent old spaces and make them uh, more user friendly. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 been interesting to see uh, the kind of ideas that they have of of not even because because they, they're not like making more space; they're just reinventing the way they they use the old space you know and and it's been it's been really interesting to see how they do that i agree and i'm glad that that's kind of gone into you see yeah you see it everywhere and it's a good thing because i say nowadays when i go out to eat if i go out to eat or whenever i do i would rather be in an environment where i can see what's going on in the kitchen than go to a place where I can't see what's happening to my food and can't see how clean or see how transparent the the company is about their kitchen cuz I feel like that's a lot. What if what if they end up having like the kitchen you can see and then the kitchen you can't. So you know what I mean like like what see, if there's Those do that. happen um, cuz like when I worked at a very popular <laughs> it's working this really popular chain it's like it's kind of upscale i don't know if i can say it on here we can bleep it out when i was working at they were kind of like that they had a kitchen to where you can see past the bar into the front of the kitchen so you could see like where all the walks and stuff where you could see where the pantry station was you could see the sushi station you could see all the stuff that you were eating but when it came to like making the certain the prep the prep and like the, the dim sum and certain things they had a kitchen connected to the back that you couldn't see and honestly it was always filthy so damn yeah so i understand why sometimes they have to have it that way but a lot of the times it's kind of like it's better to have that transparency and you see that more common because then uh, people have more accountability as well exactly damn what's up i'm back i'm back okay yeah did we uh, touch on the phone number we did not. So this is also pasta is also the episode where Carmi reconnects with Claire, who is she's a doctor in residency who he knew from childhood. And he ends up they, they end up talking a bit, you know, and then exchanging numbers. But he gives her the wrong dang number. I was like, and, I, and, and when, when we were we saw them talking, we, we heard him say the number in that way. Me and Miles were both like, is he is that the wrong number? Like, why did he say it like that? You know, and then, and then we later find out in the next episode that that was a total wrong number. And I'm like, bro, that that really made me upset because like, I know people do that often, especially if especially if you don't like if it's a stranger, I get it if it's a stranger. I get it if it's somebody like you have never met in your life. Safety first. Do what you think is best for you. If somebody is bothering you and bugging you and that's the only way you can get them away from you, which is terrible, it's still understandable why you do that. But she knows his entire family. What made him think that, <laughs> right? that she wasn't going to find out his number? And I feel like it was done intentionally. 
to get her to see if she would dig some more, which is also kind of like a he wants to see if she would chase after him type deal. I don't know because he seemed like really surprised when she called him, and he he seemed like he didn't know what to do. And I wonder if 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 I'm sure that was self sabotage, but also I wonder if he was doing that because he was like, "Well, I will I know how hectic my life is, and it's not going to vibe with whoever I'm, I might want to get with." Or whatever. And you know, I understand that, but I think sometimes, like in relationships, like cool, it's two people merging their lives, so it's completely understandable. You both have a say in what happens and whatever. But it's so irritating because it's like you don't know what that other person is capable of bringing into your world because really he needed her. Like yeah. she was, she was very calming, and she would take. You could see him just talking to her about little things and it was just it would just relieve him and you could see it in his face and he needed that but he tried to make that decision for her when it's like you don't know that she could have what she had to offer to you as a person I mean, I also thought, especially since she was in residency, she was on call all the time. She's a doctor. She's going to be on call all the time. That's hectic. So she understands a hectic work schedule. She understands a hectic work-life balance, like, more than anybody else. Like, I feel like she's exactly the person who would understand how much time and energy he had to put into his career. Exactly. And yeah, Loki made me think of um, in Omni Virgo, when, um, what's your name with the super speed? I don't remember the oh, names. The girl with the suit. Olivia Washington. Olivia Washington. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Denzel Washington's other child. Yes. She he said her, her other child. Denzel Washington's child. <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, she was like, oh, because, like, uh, what's his name? Kooky? His name? His name's name? Yeah. Kooky was like, oh, like, he's also, like, self-sabotaging in a way. And, like, she was just sitting there like, bro, like, I got stupid speed. I got to, like, slow my speech, like, to, like, a great amount just to like talk to people like it's okay if you're like weird you know that's like right. the reasons like she like uh chose because she like understands like the situation that they're in you know and like, it's like everybody comes with their own baggage but at the same time and everyone comes with their own problems and their own personalities and it's like you have to allow that person to to tell you what they're capable of handling and let them make the decision as well as you and i understand if you don't want to be in a relationship but don't it's like self-sabotaging doesn't do anything other than hurt the other person involved. Mm. Because apparently she's liked him forever, but yeah. he's never been, they've never been man, like he's never been man enough to say anything to her. And she's never been. Exactly. Like he's been self-sabotaging since he was a kid, like talking himself out of even pursuing that, even when they were kids. Exactly. So it's just like, he, I don't know. I feel like his entire family probably, kind of did that and you could see we'll see that in the later episode with the yeah exactly yeah <laughs> where they were all trying to help him out they're yeah. all trying to help him out like yeah she he was acting like she didn't know who because you, he was. you know you got to have a crush on somebody when your whole family like, knows about it and are like hey we saw her hey you, you you should you should you should get on that you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also she has a good career like like get like she's doing the thing and you're a chef Y'all are working hectic lot, like y'all are both hectically in hectic careers. So I also think she was way more able and capable of finding time for him and in, in, within the uh, aegis of her or her hectic schedule than he was with his. Like, yeah. like as far as making the time for her within 
within his schedule. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like instead of because you saw her do that because she was like, oh, I'm in between things and I'm just going to give you a call and tell you, you know, I I, I like this thing we have going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's it's really as simple as that. Like just checking in whenever right. you have a chance mm. to do so. It, it's not. And with him, he was treating it as an either or. He was like, either I call the fridge guy or I speak to Claire. And he does, didn't make the decision and didn't call either of them. <laughs> And he met like he, uh, he's gonna regret that later. Yeah, on. he is. Like, it's terrible. But yeah, that was everything for it's for season two. So we can't go into season. I mean, sorry, sorry, season. I'm mean, sorry, episode two. So we can't go into episode three, which is Sunday, and that is in this in this episode, Carmi goes to an Al-Anon meeting and he talks about what's going on with him. <laughs> sorry i just read broken palette and it made me think of broken pussy from from insecure literally literally all the, all i heard was broken palette broken palette <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's a oh good my god. show broken we'll palette. do that one day <laughs> oh my god yeah we got to cover insecure it's on netflix now yeah um oh, before yeah. we release, number one, Netflix is not letting people, if you're like across the state and you share an account or across the U.S. and you share an account with somebody, they're not letting you like use their account. They're making, I know. Yeah. It's not okay. Some of us don't want to pay $15 a month to watch one show. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm yeah, and they and they don't know if maybe like people are are like joint paying for an account. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? There there could be people joint paying for an account because they can't afford the full thing themselves and are like splitting the cost with someone who doesn't necessarily live in their household. That's so dumb. It's so dumb, and that's their way of trying to get more money from people. And it's yeah, wrong. yeah. Like they already went from like ten dollars a month to thirteen to fifteen. Yeah, if you keep so raising your prices, you're gonna price people out of being able to afford your service. That's just exactly. how it works, bro. And then on top of that, the reason everybody had a Netflix account was because it was a, a cheap option exactly. at the time. And now there's cheaper services, and you're pretty much for the price of a Netflix account, which doesn't even have some of the best things out there no it used to be the only thing and and you know but now everything is everywhere now exactly everything is everywhere and and now it's like that's the pri- the cost of one netflix account is pretty much the cost of like two other streaming services with better mm-hmm. shows yep get it together netflix exactly <laughs> uh but <laughs> this is this is also the so i so as i said this is the episode where where carmy and sydney have broken palettes <laughs> sorry i'm gonna giggle about that every time now <laughs> and um and sydney goes around to a bunch of different restaurants to try a bunch of, that was great i i just love seeing all the different foods and everything also she kept having like these flashbacks to i think a meal her mother used to prepare if i'm not mistaken the pasta thing oh and oh and this they were also dealing with some of the issues from the previous episode like the mold they were they were breaking down the walls at the restaurant first uh carmy goes to the al-anon meeting and uh, what do you think of that like what he was talking about there i'm like with carmy it's hard for me to in general it's hard for me to sympathize because he's not vulnerable oh he creates a lot of his own problems too yes and he creates so many of his own problems and to be honest like the whole time i was listening to it i couldn't even focus on what he was saying that's how annoyed Mm -hmm. i was because i'm like 
I'm like, Carmi, number one, things could be like, you wouldn't feel as stressed when it comes to work and the things with the beef and the bear or whatever, if you would just engage with the people that are there to be your support system, the people that are choosing to be there with you. And the entire time I just kept thinking, I was like, you have all these people here with you maybe if you would release to them the same way you are to these strangers or not these strangers but these people in your group then maybe you would feel you wouldn't feel as bad especially because you could see kind of in certain parts of different episodes where he would ask Sydney about her mom and her dad and you could see that he was trying to uh, get to know her a little bit more but it's like you have to like it's kind of like a two-way street like if you want to know about someone you also have to open up about yourself that's true. In that, in that same episode, yeah, he and Sydney are, are trying a bunch of different dishes for the new restaurant. Like, I, I think I guess they're trying to prepare a menu. They kept talking about this thing, the chaos menu, which uh, I don't know if that's. I guess I guess basically they're trying to say they didn't know exactly what where they were going with the theme, with the taste, with the right. with all of that, and the menu was just everything thrown at the wall. It's you know at once and seeing what sticks and with all that. Yeah. I feel like this is something that's very... I feel like the menu of a restaurant is kind of like... That's the core. So the fact that they kind of struggle with that kind of has me like... Why was that not the first thing? thing? Like, you got to know your cuisine. You got to know what you're going to prepare. You got to know how you're going to do it. Like, And if you're going to do something that's diverse, you got to... You're right. You're right. Because even like how the restaurant looks is affected by what you're serving at that restaurant. Exactly. And it's like, okay, you could do like this generic theme, which is what they did. But at the same time, are y'all going to rotate menus? Is it going to be the same thing every single week? Is the same thing every month? Like, what are y'all doing? You have to know that because they always say like the fridge is your bank. That's how you Mm. make your money. So if you don't know what you're going to prepare you can't plan out the meals. You can't plan out how much the costs are going to be. You can't really foresee that well long term, especially if you only got 18 months to make it, how well you mm-hmm. know your business is going to do based off of you constantly changing the dishes and you constantly doing something new. Like if anything, that's going to deter returning customers because they never know what they're going to get and they will want the same thing sometimes, which is why they're returning. Yeah. And so... That part, I didn't like that they didn't really touch on that because that's a very big part in any restaurant and in any uh, anything dealing with food. Really, it's kind of like like if your family does like like Christmas dinners different every year, y'all gonna talk about what y'all are gonna do for Christmas dinner like at the beginning of the year before the time comes, so you can be prepared. Like that's just common sense. Yeah. I agree. And I'm one of those customers who, once I find a dish that I like from a restaurant, I will come back again and again and again just for that thing exactly. and, and order it always, you know? I rarely, yeah. if I find something I like, I rarely deviate from that thing. Right. And I, I'm just really shocked that they didn't touch on that a bit more. But I understand that they were trying to also touch on the fact that they were all over the place and they were chaotic because they were. Yeah, they were. They were so chaotic. Yeah. And... Also, I think that kind of shows like the 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 novice. I don't know another word for it. How how I guess how much of a beginner Sydney and Carmi were when it when it came to being, you know, head chefs and executives and stuff like that. Because how do you how do you have a broken palate 
and you can't even balance. Like, I understand how people have broken palates, like, weak palates. What does that mean? What does that exactly mean? Like, as far as being a chef, what does a broken palate mean? Does it mean that... Because the way they were presented in the show, I'll tell you how I, I saw it from the way they were presenting in the show. It seemed like their taste was off. Yes. Like, it seemed like they they were tasting a thing and it was not tasting how it was supposed to be tasting. Right. It's like nose blindness. In a sense. Yeah, like that. Like it seemed like that. So I've heard it used in a couple different ways. So initially, if your palate's broken, that means it's just trained to like the things that you already know. Or if it's broken, it's trained to not taste things how it's supposed to taste. Like if you eat a lot of sweets and then you go to eat something salty, you're going to be like, ew, this is salty. But in reality, your body's just accustomed to eating nothing but sweet stuff and then if you don't have a mature palate then the more the more you eat the same stuff when you eat something new it doesn't taste right pretty much the same thing but it's kind of it's a little bit different but i feel like they they're constantly eating uh, a, a diverse you know types of foods and I don't see how they get a broken palate from that unless they unless their mouth is just tired, tired. Something Dang. something a lot of people don't know how to do is a lot of people don't know how to balance dishes, and that could be also what they meant by a broken palate. Like you're not yeah because they were saying oh this thing is too acidic or this yeah, thing's too salty yeah. or this thing's da, da, da. yeah. And I think also I don't think that they were paying great attention to what they were doing when they were when they were practicing meals because at one point didn't they say like the uh the measurements were off and stuff it's like when you're throwing together a dish like you constantly have to taste what you're making when you're making a dish you constantly have to taste it and if you're doing something that's supposed to be like um like something that's supposed to be sweet and savory you got to make sure you have like you know okay i know vinegar is way stronger than sugar so I got to make sure I do a certain ratio to keep it from being too sour or being too sweet. And it's just right. And Food science. Food science. And with them <laughs> going to these prestige culinary schools, you would think that they would have known that. But also that kind of shows how as sometimes so many people focus too much on certain techniques and not enough of what really matters, which is if you can actually make good food to the point to where things like this happen. Because that shouldn't have even been happening. Like, they sh- like yes, you're going to make mistakes when you're cooking and when you're creating recipes. But it's kind of like common sense. You know you're not going to put a tablespoon of salt in an ounce. Not an ounce. Like half an ounce of oil and be like, oh, that's, that's not salty. That's going to be sh- extremely salty because a tablespoon of salt is a lot. No matter how mm. big the granules are. So it's just kind of like common sense things. And I, I don't know if that, they, I don't know. I don't know. Sydney and Carmi both give the, they gave me the impression of they're two young chefs that were so accustomed to doing well on someone else's standards that they never really experienced what it's like to be a quote unquote chef or an experienced and chef. To create their own dishes. Exactly. This is also the episode where Claire calls Carmi back because she gets his number for, from somebody else. <laughs> oh, yes. I think she got his number from FAC. Yes. And 
they <laughs> like I okay, as far as Claire as a character, I like her a lot. Like she's really she's really charming. Yeah. There's something about the way that she approaches Carmi and approaches and approaches situations that's just extremely charming and and, and you find yourself laughing at at her humor yeah. and so immediately I liked her a lot. She was really sweet. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah, she was like real like quick with with it and like yeah. like little things like like she was she was like so good that she was playing off of Carmi and like Carmi wasn't giving out much anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he never does. Yeah, and she was just like yeah da 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 this that the third. I was like okay, okay. And from her, I'm like yeah, she's with it. You know, from her doing that, we were able to get more about Carmi. You know, like he seemed to open That's up a little true. bit more the more she kept poking at him, which was really cute. Yeah, because she didn't let him. Uh, I, I wasn't gonna say. I, see, I feel like I'm gonna say she didn't fall for any of his crap or whatever. Yeah. But I, that's not exactly what I mean. I mean like she didn't let him she hide or, or do it or do any of his his avoiding avoidance tactics. Yeah. Like she called him on it every time, and I was like, I'm about this. I, yes, and I think I was. I think that has something to do with how long she's known him, but also the type of field that she's in, like where she's dealing with people that are constantly under stress and constantly like anxious and pretty much like Carmi, where they're just kind of like they're, you know, they're dealing with pretty much just stressful environment. Like they're in a stressful environment or they're in a stressful state of mind. And I think because of that, she was able to, you know, use her. She was able to, you know, pull, um, his personality out of him. Mm. I agree. And that was like the perfect job to choose for her too, like as a nurse. Yeah. She, uh, she, uh, doctor. doctor. Oh, a, ner- a doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor. And then what else happened? When Sydney w- goes around to all the restaurants, we did we did talk about like all the food or whatever. Yeah. But sh- she went and she talked to a bunch of different people in different uh, different restaurants. Mm-hmm. And one lady she talked to was telling her some like horror story. Like uh, actually, a few people she talked to were telling them telling her horror stories about business partners of theirs. Yeah. And then so she got this little nugget in her head where she was like, "Oh, can she trust Carmi?" Yeah. Because cause, cause she's she's putting a lot on on this partnership with him. Like she's putting a lot a lot of chips on the table, as it were, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. And that's another nugget of anxiety for her and fear of is this going to go well and can she trust Carmi? And so she gets back to the restaurant, to the bear, and sees them knocking down walls because of the mold. And no one had told her ahead of time. And she kind of freaks out a little bit. Yes. I will say, I think sometimes... Something that I learned like in business and something that I learned from like working in several different fields is sometimes when things happen unexpectedly, you can't always expect to be informed first, no matter who you are. And yeah. I think with Sydney, because of who she was as far as her role was there, I don't think she understood understood like the the implication of what it takes to stop everything you're doing in the midst of chaos call her and be like is it okay if i'm gonna knock down this wall although i have no choice but to do so like there's if this if it's beyond our control can we do i need your input really no i think maybe that a a little a little text saying hey we're gonna break down some walls not necessarily hey do do we have your permission to break down walls you know what i mean like i feel like maybe uh maybe a little hey this is what we're having to do and this and this is why yeah heads up maybe would have been more appropriate than than seeking her permission right but i think that's something that i think sydney i feel like with her character she was wanting a bit more 
permission from people to do things versus just let me know. And then towards the end, I remember her saying, like, you could have just told me. And I feel like that's when it clicked. Like, I don't think any of them truly knew their roles to one another or how to communicate based on their roles to one another. Because even uh, so, there is so it's just like the the tensions of trying to figure out new roles, right? Because I feel like with Natalie, if anything, Natalie should have been the one to contact her, um, for sure, because she's the project manager. But at the same yes. time, I feel like with Natalie handling everything, if she ended up just telling her at the end of the day, it's understandable, you know, because there's a lot that going is, on. yeah. And I think, yeah, because it just happened, it just <laughs> happened. So I, I think there's something that a lot of them pretty much any of them were none of them were really understanding about it's like i can't stop what i'm doing always to give you you know a feeling of every little thing that's going on so either you be there and you be a part of it and you understand what's going on or you just wait until i tell you which was never the case they always found out yeah i can agree with that that's everything for that episode Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, right, never mind. Okay, I can go to the next one. Yeah. So, in the next episode, is called Honeydew. That's episode four. And in this one, this is when we find out that Sugar is pregnant, which... Uh, <laughs> yeah, which we knew. Yeah, I'm saying, if you were paying attention to her at all in the previous episodes, you're like, oh, obviously she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, especially considering that, that she was having... She was really being on the fence of whether or not she was going to take on that, that uh, more responsibility at the restaurant and all of that. Right. And and she was always feeling sick. She, you know, she was she was not finishing meals because she was feeling sick. Like everything about it was like, oh, well, obviously she's pregnant and she's and she's on the fence of whether or not she wants to get into it with them when she has this new responsibility coming up, obviously. This episode was really stressing me out as far as the construction went. Uh, the the thing where they're like, "Oh, the electrician can't work until the plumbing is done, and the and the the other guy can't work until the electrician is done, and all of this, and then everything being held up." All you know that was stressing me out. Like you know, I all of that, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I feel like with their timeline, they were they were stressing themselves out so much and i'm like three months yes. is a long time but at the same time they have to keep in mind that they're not the only restaurant in that area they're not the only people in the city of chicago or wherever they were like i know the the number of inspections they have to plan and schedule and 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 pass is wild insanity so i'm just like and yeah, richie's just in charge what Oh, and Richie's like in law involved in it and like is messing oh, everything up. Oh yes, yes. Like he's Yeah, Richie stay messing stuff stuff he's up. He's just interfering and ruining what they have going on. And it's just kind of like, oh my gosh. If y'all would just cause like six months. Give yourselves at least six months or just I don't know. Don't tell him you're gonna have the restaurant up and running so soon and can pay him back within eighteen months because that's insanity. You're probably not gonna profit until your fifth year anyways. That's what I'm saying. Like, where are you getting this money from? Like, I mean, you don't just like do well and and make money as far as, far as like. I mean, I mean, you do, but like, what I mean is, takes time. Like profit. The, the yeah, it, you don't just profit immediately because the amount of upfront cost that you had going in, you have to pay off all of that in order to get beyond that to uh, to the part part where you're making a profit. Exactly. Like ridiculous. And so that's another thing why I was confused as to why they decided to do fine dining because they're in a city where. 
Yes, there are fine dining establishments and there's a lot of money, but at the same time, the bear. There are more people who are able to just go and buy a sandwich on their lunch break every day, every single exactly. day. Exactly, you know? and they make just as much, if not more, doing something like that. And that's how come I feel like that's why I was a little bit confused when the bear changed because also kind of going back to what we were talking about, where they changed the structure of the like the floor plan of the restaurant initially it looked like it was a butcher shop so it's like oh so you eat while you're buying your meat or or whatever versus now it's like a legit nothing but a restaurant there's nothing to back it up it's like either you're open for dinner or you're not making money and that's another thing that they i feel like they really think about which might come up in season three we're only gonna be open for dinner or we're gonna be open for lunch that's yeah are they profits. a lunch spot too like they they're kind of a fancy lunch spot like you know what yeah, i mean like like not a lot of people will invest that much into lunch unless they're having like business lunches mm-hmm. and and there's just not enough business lunches to go around is uh, <laughs> for especially when you're in a city like Chicago right. where they could eat anywhere and you think they're going to go and eat at your restaurant you know like yeah. you know what I mean and i feel like i don't know whose idea it was i feel like it was Carmi's and Sydney's together to turn it into a fine dining establishment and i'm like you could have had it you know like i'm thinking like fine dining meets your everyday people like if they did something like that that would have been great because people want to experience stuff like that but also they don't want that high paycheck exactly i'm sorry that that high uh Uh, that ticket or whatever and it's like you know that would make sense for them and the type of restaurant that they were but i need to know whose idea (laughs) was it to make this fine dining establishment where there was once a beef See, do you think that's the decision that they that they made whenever they decided that they were going to go after the three stars? And even that's wild because there are like if they're really into food, I think I think so. But even then, that's crazy because I'm like there's Michelin star restaurants that are not fancy and that aren't fine dining. Like you don't have to be that, and that's just yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like I, I do know like a lot of like popular like small like. I, I guess could you say it's like a small restaurant? Yeah. It's like or like it's be- yeah, beginner restaurants. Beginner restaurants are just like selling like usual like sandwiches or something like it's like similar stuff to like what they had the beef mm-hmm. and like more like things that they like put like a lot of thought in and everything like that. It didn't have to be like real like fancy and like presented because like isn't I mean, like pricing a real like big thing. Yeah, pricing is now. Yeah, because Sugar was talking about how they had to raise the prices on the dishes in order to cover certain costs yeah. as well. And, and she said like five percent, and that's. That's a that's a lot. lot. That's like almost a dollar increase depending upon how much whatever it is costs. So it's just like, is this the best idea? And we'll find out season three. But honestly, don't think this was a smart move for them. Because I imagine, like, if I'm a regular and they, it seemed like they did have regulars Mm -hmm. to the for the for the beef. You know, if I'm a regular and I'm like, and I'm like about that, like that one sandwich, that great sandwich that they made the first season. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, I'm I'm like, I'm coming every day to get that for my lunch. You know, that that great sandwich or whatever. And then suddenly, oh, it's all changed. I I can't get the sandwich, and now it's too too fancy for me to come in here during my lunch break, looking like looking haggard and all that kind of stuff. Whatever, you know, (laughs) you know. And and that will turn me off. Me, the regular, I'm turned off. And I don't imagine that there's that many regulars for fine dining establishments. You know what I mean? Or as far as 
okay, as far as if you're the type of sandwich shop or whatever, you could have a regular that comes in there every single day. But if you're a fine dining restaurant, you're not necessarily going to have someone who comes in every single night to have dinner there. That doesn't even vibe with a lot of people's lifestyles. Yeah, especially yeah. like especially like where they like are in Chicago too, and like yeah. the like the location they are. The location, yeah, location, and location, like, location. Because I was yeah. looking at the other uh, restaurants that um, what's her name that are around Sa- them. Yes, like that Satan was going to, and they weren't as like fancy as like the other one. There's like uh, there's like unique foods that like right. you wouldn't really. And it's like I'm uh, about that. Like if if you if you can serve me something I'm not gonna get anywhere else, then I'm yeah, about that yeah, kind of. Right. And like, yeah. like that Filipino restaurant, like they were selling those like different like those burgers with the pineapple. Yeah. Was there pineapple? I think that was pineapple. Yeah, and something like even like the yeah. other ones, like the uh, yeah, like which I was I was concerned about that the big pineapple on the sandwich because I was like, is that gonna be, even be chewable? But I, I I gotta know. I guess I guess if there, there's a way to cook pineapple where it, it won't it won't be like you know what I mean? Like there probably is where it won't be like hard and and like chewy and all that kind of stuff. But I haven't had a pineapple like that. But I'm I'm willing to try a sandwich like that. Obviously, yeah, I'll, I'll try uh, it. Yeah. Even though because because like I like a balance of tangy and sweet in a thing, and and also savory. I'm about that. Like just you th- that's my entire palate right there. You need to teach Sydney and Carmi. <laughs> we like I feel like they also left that kind of in the air, like. Yes, she went around to all these different restaurants, but we never really saw what she put together. Like, we just kind of saw bits and pieces here and there, but, like, what did she put together, you know, for the bear? If anything, with a name like that, I would expect it to be a lot of meaty stuff and a lot of seafood. Why is sea? Oh, wait, okay, I can see that. Because ba- bears eat fish. <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about the name, like, matching the food. Because, like, the, whenever they said the bear, I was thinking, like, something similar to the beef, like, something like that's, like chicago like or or something that's like related to like what they but they did have like the little what's what's the little thing called oh my god the little desserts mm. that, they, oh, that they made with the- oh okay so this is also the episode where lionel uh, aka marcus yeah. goes over to copenhagen uh yeah. in order to learn from the pastry chef there that carmy also learned from or was 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 uh bros with and and he's supposed to develop three signature desserts for the restaurant that was a great episode like i enjoyed that a lot i love the the shots of of copenhagen and all of that Uh, it was it was all really beautiful and it made me want to go there i'm like i definitely want to visit that that's 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 lovely you know and uh the only part i didn't understand was how come they showed the man with that bike like he was like I was trying to figure out how did he tie into the story they're just trying to show marcus i'm not mark yeah marcus's character because it was just like Oh, he ran up on this this crazy circumstance and instead of letting it stop him from going forward, he got right back on the bike. I think it was literally just that. I think it was literally just showing him getting back on the bike Mm -hmm. and not being too traumatized by the what what just happened to, to stop him from. Doing what he loves, I guess. Right, because yeah. he had to get home. I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, like how else he's gonna get home? Imagine. Yeah, that was a little cool, cool little part until he like uh started petting his head or something like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah bro. <laughs> like the hug was nice, and I'm like, oh, nice. And then he pets his head, and I'm like, bro, no. <laughs> you ruined it. But then that was a little cute situation. Yeah. I mean, he was an old guy, so to him, Lionel probably looked like a little kid. To be honest, I mean, yeah, but. Still, yeah. But still, don't that. be, don't, don't pet grown ass people's heads, dude. So I barely like it when people pet kids' heads because I'm like, eh, eh, don't. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're chill. <laughs> they're humans. They're tiny humans. 
they they're, they're just a little short right now, but like, so you know, girl. give them some respect, please. <laughs> give them some respect, please. It's <laughs> so cute. They are. It's crazy when you think about that. Kids are just tiny humans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just tiny humans. They're not. They're not animals, man. Come and chill. So cute. In case we know what's up. Yeah. 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 But what? Oh. Uh, so here's my thing. Like, I like that they sent Marcus all the way overseas. And this, eventually what happens with him comes back in the end. And I, you know, because he left his mother who was ill. Oh, yeah. Um, I hate that they left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. I feel like that, we know what happened. Yeah. Unless she, she started talking or something. I mean, it could go either way. I, I feel like it wasn't that. Yeah, I'm just trying to be hopeful. Yeah, because if it's if it was that, then wouldn't the nurse just like record her saying something, you know, record her voice, record her saying something and then send that to him? Instead, she sent him message after message. Call me, call me, call me. Do you know, yeah. that's a whole other yeah. situation. Whole another situation. But yeah, we we see that he's a really sweet guy and he has feelings for Sydney, which I feel like yes. she needs somebody like him in her life because she's so frantic. He's like. Calm down. He's so chill. Okay, you did see that like last year, last season, when he's like uh, talking I, to her. She's like, oh, yeah, cause she, he cool. I I have questions about this because what what I gather from this season, like, okay, so last season I thought that both Sydney and Marcus were uh, developing feelings for each other. Yeah. that's what I thought last season. Yeah, I think they were. Now fast forward to this season, and what I gather from like everything that happened is that. Sydney seems to be developing feelings for Carmi. Yes. And that Marcus is developing feelings for Sydney. So because, and, and I say that because her reaction when Marcus, you know, gave her overtures of like, hey, maybe we can, you know, mm. we can go out or whatever. And she reacted really negatively. And then also her reactions anytime anyone talked about Claire, she was like, oh, Claire? Okay. Uh, well, Claire, whatever. She had the the most negative reaction to Claire of everybody in the in the store. Like everybody was kind of like, kind of like, oh, this is cool. The, the thing with Claire that that's that's good for you, and that blah 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 blah. And then every single time, Sydney would be like, oh, Claire, and oh, who's Claire? Oh, this or that. Like, why? What? Why? 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 Unless you are having feelings for Carmen. Exactly. Sydney was making me upset because I was like, you're. She's an example of someone who idolized somebody. And then once she met him, pretty much, like, she idolized him. And then she kind of grew, resent, like, resentful towards him because he wasn't what she wanted him to be or what she was expecting for whatever reason. And then from there, now it's, like, you're growing feelings for Marcus because, like you said, last season, you could see that and they were hanging out. And she was encouraging him to, you know, to, to do the pastry arts and yeah. everything like that. It was, it was really nice and it was really chill and, and I liked it. It seemed very authentic. But now it's, like... Yes. Is it is she falling for Carmi because they're just spending so much time together or is she just envious of the fact that Carmi is giving his attention to someone else and she feels like it should be towards her because of her role at the bear. But I feel like there has to be a a line of demarcation there. Do you know what I mean? Right. If it's just because of work, then then that she can only object to whatever he does on the job. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like she can't be like, oh, well, you spent your weekend with your girlfriend instead of thinking about the restaurant. I'm like, what? You know, like, doesn't make sense, man. You know? Yes. And I feel like also with her, she's one of those people that's like all or nothing. And if you're not giving all or nothing, then she feels like you don't care. And 
these people have to have lives exactly. eventually. And I think that's also something that uh, Luca, the guy that was training uh, Marcus, was teaching him. Like, oh, oh, you mean Eustace? That's his name. His <laughs> name was Luca. No, no, no. Yeah, his name is Luca. No, um, I call him Eustace because that was his character's name in the the Voyage of Don Treader, the uh, Narnia uh, Chronicles of Narnia movie that he was in when he was a kid. <laughs> like that's the first thing I saw him in. And he played this character Eustace, and so every single time I see him from then saw him from then on, I call him Eustace every time. For a second, I thought he was the dude off of um, Shameless. He is. No, wait, he's not he's that not. guy. No. But for a second, I thought that was him. I like at a glance, too. I was like, hold on, they got the whole. No, he's not. <laughs> they bringing him <the> back. <laughs> So that would be it. amazing, though. To be honest, I I would love that if some if sh- if some shameless crew came through on the on the uh, on the beer, that would be fantastic. To it be probably honest, probably will happen because just just in random little parts. I just like, I would love to see it. This season, they had a lot of they had a lot of guest lot stars of guest and stars. and a lot of big names also. Like Jamie Lee Curtis, which we'll get yes. to that. Yeah, soon. they had Olivia Coleman. Yes, they had um what's what's his name from uh, the comedian. Oh no. What's his name from Better Call Oh, uh, uh, oh yeah, they oh, did. Yes. Yes. Oh my oh, gosh. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember his name either. Hold up. I'm like I'm. Uh, we'll probably see. We'll probably see it when we get there. But like, uh, as far as uh, Luca. <laughs> I can't call him Luca. Uh, here's why I can't call him Luca because that's an Italian name and he has like the most British of all faces. <laughs> like, uh, I can't. I, I'm just like, oh. And, and accents too. I, I yeah, and accents, yeah. yeah. He was he was hilarious to see. I, I, I genuinely, I couldn't take him seriously as a chef. Like, I couldn't. I don't know. That I, That's just me though. That's just, that's just, that's not him at all. That's not on him at all. That's literally just on my perception of him, uh, you know, because, you know, I, I I stay roasting this man. I stay roasting this man uh, in, any, too, in any role he is. Huh? He, it, could, it could be him, too, because like, he, he, he could tell you he was, like, confused the way he was trying to say like certain like ingredients. He was like, da, 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 like he was oh, like he wasn't like, pronouncing them in the way that a chef would pronounce the words. He's like you can see he's like sometimes thinking to his head sometimes like like it was like him trying you could see him trying to remember the line and like and and like rem- to think of how to say it but whatever I'm not saying he's, he did poorly no he yeah, no, he, was, no, he did he, he did very all. well but I'm I, I'm sure I, I feel it felt sometimes like he was stumbling over the uh the terms uh, a little bit that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there yeah, because yeah. I I enjoy him a lot as an actor and I like seeing anytime he shows up I'm about it I like it however I will always just like not take him that seriously but that's just me that i i that's all that's all on me though because i'm like eustace <laughs> i found his name robert the guy from breaking bad and he plays saul goodman yeah <laughs> it just dawned on me <laughs> Sorry. yeah he played he played i guess their i'm gonna guess he was their stepdad just based on how they were talking but they didn't really explicitly explain his rea- uh, his uh relationship to the family but i assume that he was their either their stepdad or their mom's significant other right and that was that's in, that's in another episode but um yeah, yeah. in this one in this one i really enjoyed marcus's journey as far as uh, I, it was a lot of really specific you know let's watch this guy learn to cook kind of things or like or you know learn to make different things all that kind of stuff it was a lot of specific stuff like that but that was also kind of i don't know how to explain how this show is kind of like there it's not therapeutic but you know what i mean like it's it's really a calming thing to watch sometimes because you're you're kind of just like 
there it it almost feels like it's like a real real world scenarios you know and just it's in the whole the whole his whole conversation well his his multiple conversations with luca and we're, we're like so chill and it's so exactly the type of conversation you would have with some Stranger. some the person your random person you're working with you know yeah. that that it was like really I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Like, it really puts me at ease. It really, it really, it's really calming to me. I don't know. It's like watching a reality show. Like, am I? Yes, a little bit. Like, kind of like watching like yeah. Hell's Kitchen or watching like another cooking show, minus the confessionals and like the added drama. Like, <laughs> imagine their confessionals. <laughs> That'd be so hilarious. Imagine Richie. Imagine oh it. <laughs> they would bleep out everything. Oh my god! Every single other word would be bleeped out in Richie's confessional. I promise. And it was—it's one of those things where it's kind of like to see them strategize and problem solve. It's—it's kind of like an emotional roller coaster, but you kind of always know you're going to be going back. Like you know you're going to go up and then it's going to come back down. So that's how I saw it. I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's happening. Okay, okay, okay. And now it's coming down. Okay, it's calm, it's cool, it's collected. And now, okay, oh my gosh, why are they doing this? It's going right back up. That's how it felt watching this entire, like the entire series, even like the first season. But I think having the little True. like character uh, side stories, like with Marcus, like seeing how calm people like him are in comparison to... Everybody else, because even like with Sydney's side story and with Carmi's side story and with like most of the major characters, it was just chaotic. I think we said that about him in the previous when we were previously talking about the first season. Is that with Marcus, uh, who I don't know, we always call Lionel. So if we're if you're listening back to that episode, we'll we'll say Lionel. We don't call him Marcus like the, I'm pretty sure we don't call him Marcus like the whole time. No. But his little area of the restaurant was always this, like, this tranquil space, you know? And, and you go, everyone is just, like, losing their mind, losing their mind, losing their mind. And they'll cut to him, and he'll just be like, you know, it's like there's a waterfall in the background, and he's just, in like, tranquil music is playing, you know? He's like... <laughs> Such, but that's just that's just his vibe, you know? That's his vibe. It's the, he's he's the, um, the yin to their yang, or the yang to their yin, or whatever. No, no, you had it right. Yeah, yeah. that was right. Because okay. right. he's that <laughs> the first one. He's that calming factor in that chaos, and even in like when they're in the restaurant on like the last episode and they're preparing the food, he's in the corner making desserts, minding his own business. Like he's getting it done. <laughs> Everybody else is yeah. <laughs> he's calm and collected the entire time. <laughs> That's why it was so out of out of nowhere. Whenever we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that whenever we get to that. I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, no, that was it. That was it for that episode. That was it. Yeah, yeah. It was just him doing his thing, having his little side quest, and it was a good time. I liked it a lot. You know, it's probably one of my, another one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I was. I would say that as well. Like, because I I just enjoy the vibe of the episode. I I like that they really tell you something about each individual care all the individual mm-hmm. characters you know and yeah, they did give them more character yeah yeah with the backstory and everything was the uh, grandma yeah yeah all of that like is was really nice uh, i like the little uh skype call yeah. with sydney too that was cool <laughs> or just all his calls uh, uh, calling back and like it, the, everybody at the restaurant is just tripping and he's just sitting there with the uh also do you think there was no cat was there no cat or was it was it a cat at all like because they're like oh they're like oh leave water out for coco and you just never see coco and then you hear the uh 
you hear Carmi say uh, there's some there was something about Carmi saying that there's an invisible cat or whatever. So so even Carmi never saw the cat. So what is the deal with this cat? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the owner had a cat or lack thereof and something because they were obviously written that boat. So it's like maybe the owner had a cat and the cat just ran away. So he always left food and water or something out just to make sure. Right. Maybe. Oh dang. The whole time I was just expecting it's like some like random like animal to show up because I, I don't think they said like it was a cat right like sure yeah that. they they never said what animal it was until Carmi said invisible cat yeah. Yeah, um, but so because I was like oh is is it just like an iguana like is it some kind of lizard like is like is he gonna yeah is it gonna be some random animal that he didn't expect is just gonna walk past the screen or something I don't mean, yeah I don't think they showed a cat if they did then we definitely missed it caught everything but no definitely didn't see a cat so in the next episode called pop we are seeing we're seeing this is this is the episode where you see tina and ibrahim in in culinary school and then we see ibrahim stop showing up to that as well and and this is also the episode where tina sings in the bar and it's one of my favorite scenes of the whole season because I really was, I was feeling uh, anxious about it, you know, because I, I saw that per, the people who were asking her, oh, do you want to go have drinks with us or whatever? I saw that they were quite young. Yeah. And and T- Tina, I thought she was going to show up and, and then it was going to be really, uh, what's the word? I thought it was going to be kind of not her vibe yeah. and, and that she was going to feel awkward there and then and not have a good time. Oh. But it was really, it was just, the, it, it, t- it took a turn that was really sweet, and I enjoyed it a lot. I agree. I think, I think it was very, um, it was something that, it gave uh, Tina some sort of dimension. Because, <laughs> like, for a while I was questioning whether or not she was being genuine when she was being nicer to everybody. Um, yes. And it showed, like, she wants to be vulnerable, that she wants to be friends with people she wants connection she just doesn't what is it know how to go about it really about it or she's so used to living a certain life to where she just never she's so used to living a a certain life and being in a certain environment to where she never has attempted to open up to people or 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 seek other seek relationships because either she's been hurt or whatever but i was nervous for her too because i was like these young like they could mock her or whatever they really didn't show much of what class was like for her other than here and there other than the teacher yeah Yeah. i i I thought so too i think the thing that really connects me emotionally with tina is that sense of her vulnerability um because you can see that she's whenever she's putting herself out there and you you know that if anything bad happens that it's going to really affect her and it's really going to uh, to to bring put her right back in her shell and so it's really lovely whenever she 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 does uh uh, present vulnerability and it's rewarded it, it really is is a really feel good moment every time right i agree but you do feel really anxious for her whenever she is putting herself out there and being vulnerable in any situation yeah and i think she was hoping that ibra would continue to be there with her as like her her connection that one person that like that's going to keep her grounded there and it was nice to see that even after he stopped showing up and she continued to go this people were like come on you can come with us and you're you're welcomed here you know versus uh with ibram i feel like chances are 
he didn't continue to show up because he felt like he wasn't welcomed. And I feel like that was part of the reason why he was like, this isn't for me. When in reality, it was just something going on within him versus what's going on outside. Yes. Now, this is also the episode where, uh, you know, like this episode where Sugar... I don't know what y'all thought of this, but like when, you know, Oliver Platt shows up at the restaurant, he's like, hey, this thing has got to go off in this um, this amount of time. Like he he basically shortens the timeline of them opening. Yeah. But then um, Sugar kind of like puts on the persona of a little girl. So that so she's like, oh, uncle, I really need help and blah, blah, blah yeah. uh, for for him to 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 make him take care of the situation that they were having with the permits and everything and speed it up along or whatever and get his help. <laughs> what did you think of that? Like, I was like, I was like, did she have to resort to that? <laughs> no, she could just be like, look, if you want to make sure that your stuff, you get your money, and this opens, get us this liquor license or whatever. Like, <laughs> I feel like for real, like it's kind of it's like it's contradicting to be like, don't call me mom, but then you're like, oh, you know, can you do this for me? Like. <laughs> I, I do think there's a certain, to a certain extent, you use, so if men don't think of you as being capable, there are times you use that for, uh, you use that against them rather than, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as that goes. And I think that's what she was doing. She was basically like, there's there's nothing she can say that will make him think that she's she's capable in this scenario. But she could get his help if she makes him think that he needs to be her savior or, you know, all of that. Right. And um, that makes sense. And I can definitely see that. But it's like, dang. <laughs> yeah. I especially like the Car- Carmi was like, that was gross, sugar. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and she was like, shut the She was like, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> She's like, well, I'm getting it done, you know. Right. But I understand, like, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I feel like I've been in situations, and I'm pretty sure several people have been in situations, regardless of, like, you know, who or what they were, they have to kind of, like, please you know da, 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 da. they got to put on a certain type of face to get what they want and what they need but it's kind of like ugh. the fact that, that she had to do that made me kind of upset because i'm like dude if you got all this power i won't you help them i was reading about uh the different ways that so so someone was someone said oh here's a hack for it. this they were like oh this is a life hack but it it sounds so dystopian because she was there, it was like a wife who had a husband and and the two kids right and she was like a uh, a hack for the airport is I carry the bags and send the husband along with the kids because people are way more accommodating for fathers than they are for mothers and I was like fuck because <laughs> <laughs> she said that like she said that like oh here's a life hack. La 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 la, like, but it was it was really so terrible because they were. It was basically like people think he's a dang rock star for looking after his own damn kids, and they will be nicer to him. They'll be more accommodating. They'll he'll get through the airport faster with these kids than she will. Like people will get out of his way. People all all of this because he is a man and he has children. Do you know what I mean? But if she were to go with the children, they would be like, oh, here's another mom and kids and da 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 and, 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 and they would have so much more trouble getting through the airport faster. Really I was like, this is wild for her to say that. in this flippant way. I know. She's like, oh, you should do it this way, and this is so no. much better. And I'm like, dude, you should hold people accountable for their bullshit. Exactly. Like, God. Come on. Ugh, hope she but yeah, this that this is like that same scenario basically, but but the inverse of that. Ugh, that's crazy. But 
whatever. I don't it, like it, that. It totally threw me because it was it was like on this list of things that were like life hacks, and I'm just like, okay. that is messed up. Did you hear your? Did you hear the thing that you just said? That's you know, so counterproductive to. But like. that's how people feel. That's how people feel about women with children, uh, in in in, in, like, in public environments. It's like, what do you expect? You know? Like like what do you expect though? It's like they're. <laughs> Who is like, I'm not even gonna get into that because it can start a whole other thing. And and yeah, I know it could. Yeah, it, it could because also people are like, oh, when a guy is looking after his own kids, it's babysitting. But no. when a woman is looking after her kids, it's just it's obviously that's what she should be doing. What else would she be who doing? Is, like, ugh, who is ba- gross? Uh, okay, a babysitter is someone who has no like that is not a parent to the child. That's what I'm a saying. Grandmother dudes, will, dudes will be like, oh, I'm babysitting, and then they'll be watching their own damn kids. I'm like. Okay. Cousin babysits. A brother babysits. Uh. A sister babysits. A mom and a dad do not babysit. Come on. <laughs> I know. A grandfather babysits. Come on. Even then, that's technically, that's just extended parenting. <laughs> it was uh. like a grandparent. But no, um, I don't get that. <laughs> so Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to get us off onto that, but like <laughs> that. That made me think of that so strongly, and I was like, "This is a messed up thing that I heard, and I have to tell you this." <laughs> <laughs> it, but that it ties into this. Like people, yeah. Sometimes people have to find ways to get what they need, and unfortunately, Sugar, aka Natalie, had to do that with Uncle. When in reality, Uncle had so much power, he could have already had that for them, knowing what they were up against. And shortly after that, we actually get to see where Carmi and Claire kind of get to bonding for sure. And it kind of goes more into what we were talking about earlier, where we saw her pulling his personality out of him. Yes. I, I just I like that about Claire and uh, and I like uh, as I said, as, again, I like the way that she doesn't let him kind of what's the word uh collapse in on himself as far as socially as far as like she she doesn't let him retreat kind of socially which uh, which he does often where he's like i'm shutting down this conversation i don't want to speak you know like all this kind of like that da, da, da. like that doesn't fly with her and i like that a lot and this is in this episode you see that because like she she's basically trying to like because i think previously she was trying to like she called him and she was like hey do you want to do this thing or whatever and he was trying to like him and ha and be like oh i don't know and da, 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 da. And then she was finally like hey look s- stop being all in your head about this i'm just asking if you want to come help me with this thing i have to do uh helping and you have a big van or something you know for moving or whatever right. you know and then this is the one where uh, he gets her help going over to s- submit the liquor license as well yes. which was it was pretty funny that they got there and they were just like oh anticlimactic just had to put it in the mail <laughs> this is it this is it this is all it is but it took sugar doing all that <laughs> for real <laughs> but this is the part where also they go to the party they go to the party and they um they really do bond there and they they ended up they ended up kissing um later in the episode but they ended up leaving the party early because some fools were popping firecrackers and it was not a... That guy, <laughs> that guy at the party. Oh, my God. He was out of Ooh, That guy was so annoying. He was like... Yeah, that seemed like the worst person to be around. He's like the person that's going to bring trouble no matter where. Because they were trying to get him in the cop car and he just would not... 
He was. They're arresting me for having a good time. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, <laughs> go home. Get away. Matter of fact, don't go home. Go to jail. <laughs> exactly where you went. Well, who knows? You never know. <laughs> the laws out there are different. But <laughs> like, eventually, after they left the party, they went back to the restaurant because he was like, like, what do you think about that move of of like, hey, let me take you to the most hectic space in my life? You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> like, do you think that was also a self sabotage move? Do you think that, she, that he thought she might be scared away by the, that environment? I don't. Or do you think he did it on purpose? I think he. Yeah. Do you think he did that purposely to scare her away a bit? I don't think he wanted to scare her mm-hmm. away, but I think he wanted to see how she would react to. To the most hectic thing in his life like oh so oh like like this is what it is and if you can't handle that then exactly but then again remember okay. she knows his family so i'm pretty sure that's nothing i'm like yeah you know you know what's up but even then oh i thought i thought he was gonna be, like make it like a little situation like oh like a little like end of the day thing i didn't think it was gonna be like a first thing they did on purpose i don't know he could have done it on purpose knowing carmy knowing carmy yeah. Know, yeah it's no it's hard to tell but also I'm like, did he know that they were going to be there? That's my thing. Was he thinking, oh, this? Yeah, I think they were there after hours, right? Because Richie was was messing up and like he was basically stealing electricity from the other buildings. And I was like, whoa, calm yourself, sir. Yes, wildness, stealing electricity, freaking caused a power outage. This is our buddy Richie here, the guy who didn't want to tell them there was mold because he wanted to figure it out. The guy who had the electric guy come, but there was no drywall or anything any walls or anything built for the guy to wire so <laughs> richie a right. headache dead raccoons everywhere dead roaches. raccoons roaches the place was falling apart and here we are with richie stealing electricity carmy brings claire here I-, I hope he thought no one was gonna be there and that was gonna be the moment where they have a passionate first kiss or she sees him man element but instead maybe but like once you see the lights are on and everybody's in there shouting like you could hear the noise but i would be like maybe another time let's let's turn back around maybe another time but instead they go in there he starts carmy starts shouting along with them and there's this it's just chaos and she's just standing there like what do i do and and nice also this is where we she see yeah she was yeah really she chilling. was chill I guess she's like she's used to it, and but also this is where we see where Sydney. Um, I mean, if she's been to Carmi's house and met his mom, she might be used to it for real. Yeah, yeah, because his mom will get there in a second. His mom. Well, will we we will. We see. Um, wait, what happened? Okay, yes, this is where we see Sydney being very envious of of um claire claire bear and this is yo she stayed coming at claire sideways and i'm like bro you need to figure out some you need to figure something I mean, out bro. Like you, you need to figure something out so why are you so pressed but also i think sydney's the type of person who likes to be the center of attention or the center of certain people's attention and if she's not then it's probably oh right. oh my god you're right because remember the storyline with the uh re- re- with the review of the dish that she did Yes. And where 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 Carmen was just like okay we're letting it go and then she was like no but what do you think of this and then over you know she like like you know like yeah. it was always like uh but 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 no 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 but like we're 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 moving on to the next thing this ain't about you right and then she served um because like she like served her dish to the freaking uh critic food critic intentionally and he was like what are you I feel like she doing? didn't do that intentionally but maybe I don't know I don't know who knows you never know with Sydney. 
You so it's like <laughs> why would there just happen to be a food critic there and she just happens to set it down right in front of him and be like, Hey, eat this you know, like Well okay, I wouldn't say she served it to the critic intentionally, but she served it intentionally to somebody when he was just like, This is not on the menu, we're open, just let it go. Damn. You know? <sighs> yeah. Is there anything more you wanted to say about Carmi and uh, and Claire uh, at the end? Because a uh, uh, fact fact tries to come in, he's like, "Nah, son, leave." Oh yeah, he tried it. He tried to say he he, he tried to say he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did though. <laughs> no, he did. Okay, so now we're on to the episode six, which is Fishes, which is the big Christmas episode with literally everybody in it. So I'm just going to list the cast on this episode. Okay, so we got John Barenthal, the Punisher, up in here reprising his role as the older brother, mm-hmm. Mikey. We got Jamie Lee Curtis playing their mother, Crazy. which was wild. When I, when I, when they walked in the kitchen, I saw her. I was Why? like, whoa, oh, calm yourself. <laughs> and then you have uh, John Mulaney up in there playing the boyfriend of sarah paulson who is like their aunt question mark i think she might be their aunt i'm not sure but i feel like she's their aunt oliver platt again is in this episode and and yeah fact yeah facts older brother i think wild another fact (laughs) wild and then i think that that's it and then and then the guy from better call Saul, who i think is playing I think it's playing their mom's on and off again, significant f- significant yeah. other or something like that. And also, I think he was like business partners with uh, Uncle. With uh, Oliver yes. Platt as well? Okay. Yeah, it was an all-star cast in this episode, and it was just, it was hectic. It was, it was, it was, it was all over, it was all over the place. It was like, it's, it's exactly a family holiday, and it was like, it was so good. Like, the episode was so good. And, like, the way that the actors were playing off each other, I, I was like, this is a ballet of acting because how do you even, you have to be, like, everyone, the timing has to be right. perfect on this it's because so because you have to be, you, you have to be done with your line for this person to walk in and, and, and deliver their line. And then you have to know when to talk over someone and when not right. to, and, I, and, yeah. and, and, and all of this. And I was like, this is a, just, just an, an acting tour de force. It, it, it was so much, it was so much fun. It was so yeah, good was to really watch. I loved it. I was really wondering like, what was like, how much was like up to the actors and how much how much was like up to the script and everything like that like and like uh especially with the things that they're doing like like you said with the um interrupting the people like interrupting each other and like uh and talking like, over each other and all talking that over, uh, talking over each other and like oh just like was it just like mostly improv was it like mostly so and so because i know like the director was talking about how like everything was like done like uh like maybe like a few shot like a, a few takes and they like forcing them like really like get their all like in like those few takes so i'm like really like wondering I wonder if like it's a thing where everybody knows their lines and so and then they just they, yeah they just speak their lines in in, in a natural way or, or or something I don't know but it's it amazing was, to watch to be honest and you know it was so chaotic it reminded me of like my childhood I had to pause it for a second and I was Sad like link. this is good though for them to like kind of like what you were saying like for them to be able to to act this out because like, especially nowadays on tv you don't see stuff like this often everything kind of feels forced it doesn't mm-hmm. feel natural with this it was like at mm-hmm. first i was like why did they get jamie lee curtis to play the mother but after seeing what she, yeah after seeing she's so her, good yeah. yeah i was like this woman because i love jamie lee curtis don't get this, me wrong i've loved her my yeah I, I i also love jamie lee curtis but, yeah i've been I've, I've loved her and stuff since i was a kid you know obviously 
she's been she's been doing it for a while and i think this is one of my favorite of her performances i thought she did she so did. excellently in this like she but was i was so like good. why would they get her to play italian she might be italian i don't know but i was like uh, uh maybe her dad is tony oh. curtis okay well let me see we'll look at, let me see i want to know more about her okay tony curtis jewish descent um scottish scott irish german danish and her mom is janet lee who definitely not italian interesting i don't know no so yeah scottish irish german jewish but uh her because she's that great which we love I mean, is Jer- Jeremy Allen White isn't isn't is I he? Know. I I assume that Jeremy Allen White isn't not Italian. For, at first, mm-hmm. I thought they were Jewish, um, but no, they're supposedly Italians, and um, which makes sense knowing that their last name is Berizzato, and that's the um, that's an Italian name. And I feel like I overlooked that either last season or they didn't state that last season. No, yeah, they said that last season. But anyhow. It was like this scene, like this, this episode was longer than all the other ones. It's, I love that they had Michael in it. Um, I loved how they showed everybody's background for sure. Like we kind of got to know everybody, but we were supposed to be listing off all the famous people. Did we finish? Cause there was a lot. That was it. Yeah. I got, I got everybody. Yeah. I got everybody. Cause I was like, they have Sarah. They had yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I got it. I got her. I said, yeah, let's see everybody. Everybody, and I was so confused. I was like, why do they have the star-studded cast? But they needed it for that. I mean, I feel like this the show did really well this season. Sorry, last season, and it was really very critically acclaimed. And I think that you can get a bunch of big names uh, when you're a show like right. this. And, yeah, and 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 also it's a show where actors get to act you know right. they get to do their yeah. thing and they and and it's really good for that there's like a lot of actors that i, I didn't really see like think of like acting in that way like john mulaney especially <laughs> oh man i i was losing it yeah. Lo- i was losing it uh, cracking up every single line of john mulaney's i lost it i was i was man yeah, that he was, was a perfect hilarious for him too like like the, like the way he was trying just, to like uh deflate the situation like, yeah yeah the, the character was he was putting on was yeah. so hilarious to me. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> freaking um freaking Sugar's husband. I don't know what it is about. Yeah. Him. <laughs> oh my god. That's the funniest thing ever, bro. Oh my god. Fish, when, bro. when when he brought in the tuna casserole. <laughs> oh my god. I was <laughs> like, why? The perfect representation of his character. For That's exactly it. That's exactly him bringing a tuna casserole to a seven to the to the seven fish festival or whatever, he's bro, so, bro. He's such a, a ditz. But a lot of yeah. sh- sugar just taking it and throwing it out the door was hilarious. Like, I could not. <laughs> she was like, he's, "I can't show up empty-handed." Like, honestly, I'm like, "Why didn't you just bring alcohol?" I mean, bring wine. <laughs> yeah, bring wine. Like. That, that's I'm, wait wait i guess he didn't bring that because he knows that sugar was having anxiety about her mom's uh, alcoholism uh fair but bring anything there's like so many things you can bring bring exactly. a dessert you know something you you can always bring ice you they'll never be mad if you bring ice to a party i promise you got ice or even um, well, some Sprite because Carmi had to make Sprite yeah. for Cousin's wife. Was she his wife or his girlfriend? I, I assume wife because... I was thinking wife because she was more... Because uh, like obviously she was 
she knew about his finances yeah. or whatever as far as like as far as like oh um him having a new job was going to affect them together not just um him yeah. and uh, yeah. you know yeah yeah they did seem pretty so. locked in in, it, in ways and like the stuff that like uh she got mad at him for it seemed like like a level that you get mad at your like like your, your spouse. spouse yeah i really really liked her and i thought i wasn't going to like i from from what we um have heard of her in the first season or whatever i i, I was not I, I i didn't like her so much uh, and i don't know if it was like the actress that played her but i really felt for her and and i and i like her personality her her vibe her is really calming and i didn't expect that from from how she is over the phone with Richie in the first season. Right, that's true. And I think part of that is because Richie just gets people to a level. A level. <laughs> he just gets people to a level because of his temperament and his attitude is just... Because even we saw him much calmer in this episode than we've seen him in a long time or ever. And I think that was her, that though, was, wasn't yeah. it? Like, that's her influence. And then we see how, like, after... You know, he's engaging with her in the episodes that follow and he, you know, kind of shifted his character and his personality. And part of me felt like part of, you can kind of see where he misses her in a way. And he he still cares a lot about her. Yes. Especially with the part where like I think was it like present day whenever he got the call. I think that's a different episode. Like he got the call that he like she met another person. Yeah. yeah, I think that is a different episode where yeah. she she was telling him not no. He already knew she was with the other person, but she was just letting him know that they were going to get right. married. And this honestly, there was so much dysfunction happening in this episode. Fishes to where honestly, I can't really tell you much of what was happening other than I just know jamie lee just kept going off because every everything was overlapping everything right. else basically jamie lee curtis was a, an alcoholic she was just she was just knocking back the alcohol the entire time she was cooking the yes. feast and her little domain was the kitchen and you saw if if anybody but her children came up in the in the kitchen she she was like really like get the fuck out get out of my kitchen nah, 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 i don't want to talk to you i don't want to talk to you all of this and so everybody was basically hanging around in the uh the living room and other areas just chatting with each other as she was making the meal and john mulaney was being hilarious i'm sorry that was that was that was uh, like i've seen i i laughed harder at, at this performance than at a, at a lot of his stand-up that i've watched like <laughs> i i was like i i was done like it was hilarious just just his affectation it was hilarious oh my god you think the way and, he was like reacting to everything like the way he was like playing off of like this yeah situation and when he's talking to fact and his brother that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost my mind <laughs> Fack and his brother are—they are so much fun. <laughs> like they're the type of people you want so at your gatherings. They just—they're just weird and crazy, and they look like they smell weird, but they bring a great time. They were hilarious. Oh my god! They just. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, and, and, of, and them of. just just going around trying to like sell everybody on a on a dumb business oh, idea gosh, yeah. the whole yeah. time. Oh my goodness, you, you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of Matty Matheson. The dude who plays the dude who plays Fact because like he's I never really, like really seen him act like that, and like he's like doing a good job of like uh, staying with everybody like action wise, like keeping like, up right. with them. His comedic timing. Yeah, I don't even think I've seen him in anything. Yeah, else. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think he's he's really he's like a chef or something. Oh. The guy who plays his brother is also an actor that is a known actor, but I don't know his name. Yeah. 
that's that's one name I don't know, but I know his face, so I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it has been too many things like just like just cooking documentaries and whatnot. There's I loved again I love John Barenthal in this. He's an actor that I just really enjoy anytime I see him in anything, and I think that he is able to access deeper parts of a character and really he's really able he's one of those actors who's able to act out the the internality of a character as well as the affectation or front that they put on for others you know and and do that all at the same time and you can see everything in his eyes that he's feeling and i just love that about him as an actor i love that about him in everything he's been in that I've seen just fantastic. So when uh, when I saw the oh he's back as Mikey, I, that was great. I really enjoyed the part where he was speaking to Carmi, and like they were basically exchanging gifts, and Carmi gives him the uh, the little the little photo of the bear, like the restaurant, the projection of what they could build together, and him being like yeah 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 Carmi, of course we can do that, and then. You you see the the his breakdown after Carmi goes away, where you you know even in that moment he's he's thinking of ending it, you know, and even in that moment he he knows uh, how deep and dead he's got the place in and all that kind of stuff, you know, like you know what I mean? Like I feel like you saw in in his face, like his his him, you saw he that he knew how how much of a rut that he had got the place into or whatever. Yeah. Seeing, seeing that, seeing how he was trying to, you know, handle, you know, encouraging Carmi and telling him, you can do so much better, you can do so much better. It was kind of like him trying to cover up what he had done to himself, in a sense. And it was, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, do you think maybe if, I was like, maybe if Carmi had, you know, stuck around, do you think, or he let Carmi stick around? chances are the bear or the beef could have been what the bear is now and could have been working with uncle and wouldn't be in that situation and could mikey still be here See, i don't necessarily think that that's what would have happened though like i think that mikey was pushing carmy away for a reason i think that he knew that if he let carmy stay and and work on the restaurant with him that he was going to bring him down and he wasn't going to reach the heights that he might have reached otherwise. Like, I think that's why he was uh, he was telling Carmi, oh, go do other things than this, yeah. you know? And that makes sense. But it's just, it's like, that was one thing that kind of like popped up in my head when I saw that. Because I was like, dang, that was, you know, what happened to him didn't have to happen. And um, it's just really un- one of those unfortunate things. But this also, we also got to see how, we got to see a lot of Mikey's character in this uh, episode, especially where he was getting into it with Uncle. Not Uncle, the, not the... The, the guy, uh, yeah. What's his name? Saul. I'm going to call him Saul. With yeah, Saul. 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 <laughs> and next thing you know, the mom is driving the car into the house, and it's like, how did this, how did this happen? That's the part where I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like... I mean, she was so, so drunk, you know, and I also, do you know, at the end, okay, so this is like at the end episode, but I, but it, but it factors into what's going on in this episode when Richie and Carmi are having that fight that we talked about, like he, he calls him Donna, you know, like he calls him his mom and basically he's saying, 
uh, you're you're repeating a lot of the same mistakes that Donna uh, Jamie Lee Curtis did, and I think that was also happening with Mikey. Like Mikey was was getting into substance abuse, yeah. and he was he was becoming volatile and all of that, and you could see that their behaviors, like Donna and Mikey, their behaviors were mirroring each other. I could see that. Yeah, that's true. This show was oof, gave me chills. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like uh, when you think about it, you know, after the fact and you're like taking it all in, it's like, wow, this is one this is one of the better shows that has been produced and created in recent years because Lord knows. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff on television. <laughs> That's true. You know what I think I think that uh, Mikey saw himself kind of acting in similar ways to Donna yeah. and instead of instead of doing what Donna does where she Case kind of uh, she well no she kind of brings everybody down oh, with her. Too. I think that he he didn't want to do that and I think that's why he was pushing Carmi away. Oh man. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yep. <laughs> this this episode was this yeah. episode was kind of when you look past all the chaos it's very yeah uh, what did you think of sugar's relationship with her mother because uh, on the one side i was like no i really would be annoyed with someone constantly asking me are you okay are you okay are you okay in that yeah. tone you know what i mean i would actually have a an adverse reaction to that so i understand donna's reaction where she was like natalie rose Bezzato, yeah. you know I was like, oh, damn. You know, when she pulled out the full name, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. But then also, I do understand Sugar in that, like, her whole life, this has been her whole life with her mom, you know, and she she seemed, you can see the fear in Sugar's eyes when her mom goes off. You know, it, like, like, like that part where she was grabbing her face and Sugar just looked like a little girl yes. again, yes. you know, and, and I think that that's, that is... Uh, sugar's sugar sugar's coping mechanism is making herself smaller and meeker and and and, you know and and all of that and so the whole relationship with her and her mom was stressful because you see that a lot in abusive households where the child feels like they have to take care of the parent and yeah manage their parents emotions you know at the beginning of the episode mikey kept telling sugar like don't check on her don't ask her if she's okay. He kept saying, like, just don't. Because you can see the state that she's in. So you asking is making it even more apparent to, to her that she's not in a healthy state. So don't don't ask her. Because we all know that she's not okay. And she knows that. Just... Yeah, and she's trying really hard. And if you're sitting there like, "Are you okay?" You know, you, then she that knows she's that she's not that she's and, failing. Yeah. That she's failing at failing at and hiding it. Pro- I think that was more so uh, her mom's problem than anything. Like she was trying to to be a part of. Like she was trying to make sure she was, you know, engaging with everyone, trying to make sure everyone had dinner. Because even there was parts where she was like, "I'm just gonna, you know, end it." Da 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 da. Some crazy stuff. She was she was saying those things because partially because she was being enticed to like she kept bothering her like are you okay and then you know she would go and pour out the alcohol which I understand you don't want to encourage that behavior especially when you know y'all are like around a lot of people and you're supposed to be a family get together and everything but at the same time it's it's just as dangerous to kind of throw away what's keeping her sane in a sense than it is to just let her drink herself to sleep you know, 
I was like, my my thing is, she always had a full glass of wine, and I'm like, where is she even getting she this from? Because I saw sugar pouring stuff out, and I'm like, where's the wine that she has? Because she's she the glass is always like at least half yeah. full, bro. And that was the thing, sugar. That was another thing. I feel like maybe if sugar just let her, if sugar would have stopped just pouring it out. She wouldn't have kept coming back with more and more and more. And that's another way people don't realize how they're kind of hindering people. Because it's like, no, you don't want to encourage and you don't want to enable somebody's behavior. But at the same time, you have to be understanding that she is an addict. And and to a certain degree, there's only so much you can do. But if Sugar wanted to really be helpful instead of bothering her and like hiding her... um, her coping mechanism and her medicine pretty much is what that alcohol was because she seemed like she was just, when she would have those outbursts, it seemed like she was trying to, she just felt unloved. If anything, she should have just been like, mom here, you know, I love you. Stuff like that. Except when you're like that, when you're like that, you feel unlovable. So there's, there's a, there's a part of that where it's like no matter how many times because even when they were at the table remember they were at the table and they were like no we all love you we love you we love you they they all were saying that but she was just breaking down because there's a point in that in that uh when when you're like that there's a point at which you don't believe that you are lovable and you believe that when people say that they're just placating yeah. you and they're just you know what i mean they, they're not being truthful right. that and you're like oh well actually i'm bringing everybody down and i'm this or that or whatever and and they they wouldn't all have to be gathering and saying this if if i wasn't disrupting the proceedings or whatever right. you know all of that and i feel like that's Part of what led to uh, her trying to drive away, <laughs> I guess, because, you know, her boyfriend or whatever he was to her was not helping the situation when they were all trying to be, you know, lovey on her. And I think that's how come Michael was getting so, I guess, defensive when it came to them discussing that. Um, yeah, I think with him, I think that he could have been quiet. He could have just stopped talking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he kept poking at Mikey. And I know that he probably thought he was just, like, because he was addressing Mikey's drug mm-hmm. use, you know, when it, when no one else was. And I, that's fine and everything. And I feel like he thought he was helping in that way. Place. But I feel like you got to, you have to pick. Yeah, exactly. You have to pick your moment. Because this is not the time. The, like, this is not, this is not it. This is not right. it right now. Yeah, this, uh, uh, especially since holidays, holidays are, like, highly volatile, so, you know, time. Just very not at the dinner table pretty much like pull me to the side or something mm-hmm. so yeah it was oh yeah and he was calling him out in front of everybody there's so, just a yeah. lot going on but this shows why this episode episode six really shows why carmy sugar and even like mikey and cousin like the people that are pretty much <laughs> everyone wow when 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 richie isn't the most volatile person in the room that's, that's wild. wild and so this shows why they behave the way they do and why it's constant arguments and constant chaos at the restaurant. And this episode is just highlighting all of it. And it's crazy because you would think that Richie would be the one. Because season one he was. And then like even in the beginning of this season he was. But no. Here we are. It's like a the, the tables have turned. And even in the oh, next yeah. episode we see that Richie. You know. You know. Uh- with this episode, though, what I saw, what I said with Ma- to Miles while we were watching it, that I liked the way that they in in setting this in a holiday scenario where where the mom is the, the entire time trying to cook this feast of seven fishes or whatever. They really they they, they uh, show their trauma with the you say something with the yeah with the food. food they um 
uh, their trauma with they food. yeah like yeah exactly they yeah. they connect their trauma to food yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, 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 that. yeah. and a lot of people do that or just like anything that they just like experience as a kid but like with them especially it was just it was just like food and like all this like, um, like whenever Carmi was like sitting there like looking at the um what are they called the like the little desserts with the the thing had like pistachios oh the cannoli cannolis yeah no, the can- he took out the cannolis and everything like that and that's like why you wanted to have like the cannolis yeah included in the thing he brought it back he was trying to he was a it's like instead of him avoiding his connection like what he would connect to the trauma he he wanted to rewrite what it was i think he said something along those lines yeah something something like that now in the next next episode is actually one of my favorite episodes of the season and that's the episode called forks where they send Richie over to that fancy restaurant to, I guess, train. I don't know what what's he doing there. Like he's doing like a a like short a term, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over yeah. at that fancy restaurant. And was it like that, a little discipline thing. Hmm. Was it like a discipline thing for him think, or something? I'm not certain. I remember they kept saying like Richie is here, but he really doesn't have a reason to be here. Like, what does he do? Everybody. I remember they kept saying something like Richie is the only one here who. And even Richie said at one point, like, I don't really have a reason to be here. Like, what am I doing? Um, Yo, when that guy was like, oh, he's punishing you by sending you to work at one of the best restaurants in the city. I was like, damn. And really, I think he was just trying to see if Richie, because, like, knowing Richie's character, he, um, it's in his character to to do things, to be meticulous. Like, you could tell based off of how... He was even in the season one, like things had to be a certain way, even if it was a wrong way. Oh. So he basically was just like uh, shaking up his perspective and, and let, making him see it a different right. way. I think he just sent him someplace so he can learn, hey, this is how it's supposed to be done in this industry. And so if you're going to be meticulous about what you do, make sure you're doing it to the best of your ability versus just winging it like you have been. And so... Oh, give him that real education exactly. on it. Exactly, and kind of give him a reason to be at the restaurant because he didn't need to be the project manager. He didn't need to be one of the head chefs. He definitely didn't need to be the sous chef because cooking was not really his thing. He was just he was just there. It, this this seemed like they were trying to find a space right. for R- Richie because even when um he was butting heads with Sugar, like she was trying to, she was like, oh hey, you and me are going to interview inter- interview people or whatever she's like she was trying to give him tasks to do or whatever i think so and eventually we see that it worked out for the best because he was really good at he is really good at reading people we'll give him that because yeah i do like that they knew that about him which is part of the reason why they're like okay if we can get him somewhere where he can be trained and how to how to properly spot out these people and how to to understand it. Uh, serve, so we can serve people serve, better. Exactly. Versus him just kind of being in the way and being a thorn in everybody's side. Because for the longest he Because he's a person who who has to have something to do and he also has to have something that he feels is meaningful to exactly. do as well. And because he's like a really hyperactive individual, he can't you can't just sit him uh, again like on the forks. You oh, know, yeah. for him to do the forks, he had to understand why that was important to do. Exactly. You know? Because yeah. otherwise he felt like he wasn't, he wasn't uh, contributing anything right. of value. And he wasn't important. And exactly. It's, like, it's very important because nobody wants to eat off a dirty fork, especially when you're paying $26 a plate, <laughs> you know? And that's every yeah, you know, absolutely. Every, every three-course meal, and that's the $80 per person meal, you know? So it's in his eyes, I could t- you, you know, it, that was them trying to give him some meaning and make sure he found a way to stay 
there because they easily could have just let him go. That's true. They could have, yeah. Except, yeah, it's kind of a family renovation. I like how they were trying to just give people, the, the people that they had, training, you know, in order to elevate them into positions instead of letting them go and going with a different thing it, it, yeah. whenever they switched over the restaurant to something right. new. He's giving them, like, the room to, like, figure out what they're, like, best at, especially with the Richie thing. Like, he yeah. didn't know, like, what he, was, what he was there for. He was just like, oh, yeah. They like left him there to be like, oh, yeah, this I did. Is yeah, I think before that he was flailing around a bit. Yeah, and when I think the oh, yeah. um, the chef there, I can't remember. He asked if he could stay there or something like that, and then he was like, the chef was like, no, because you're not supposed to be here. You're like, like you know, she reassured him that Carmi wants him there. Yes, that was Olivia Coleman, by the way, which was. Uh, so much fun like i i said i said when we were watching it it seemed like they were like just wandering into different wandering into rooms full of oscar winners like what is this like they would just wander into a room and suddenly an oscar winner would be standing there and you'd be like what is this but yeah olivia yeah i enjoyed that scene with her a lot like she has a presence about her as an actor that's it that's really i I don't know what it is about her presence but it it elevates a scene every time and with this one you really got a got a sense of and 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 she's quiet with it too you know what i mean like she's not she's not like big and bombastic about it but she you get a sense from her of of this like she leads a scene very well even even uh, when it when it seems like we are in a subtle way that is very really uh, fascinating to watch an actor do yeah she does that on like a lot of stuff like even in even in um what were you watching heartstopper yeah in heartstopper she's very good yeah you can tell like she's like a really like caring mom and everything like that with uh with with nick and like you can see you can see like she's like real protective she even like protect like protect him like with a uh people that she like hates whatever you know and uh yeah i I like that about her yeah yeah also in this episode as far as like guest actors sarah ramos who is one of the kids from parenthood i love it when one of my kids from parenthood is in a thing like we're we're about to i I think the next thing's gonna come out with a parenthood kid is gonna be blue beetle uh they got they, they, they got the kid uh sholo from uh, he's one of the younger kids, and he's gonna be play, be playing the Blue Beetle, so we're definitely gonna check that out. But Sarah Ramos played the eldest daughter of, I think the el- I think she played the eldest kid of in Parenthood. To be honest, I, I'm pretty sure she was the eldest because she was the eldest daughter of the eldest son in Parenthood. And and when anytime she shows up, I'm like, yes. Even even in Midnight Texas, and I didn't even like her character in Midnight Texas. I did not even remember that. I can't, I, don't, I can't even picture her in Midnight. Mean, she you she she was the most annoying character of Midnight Texas. I'm really surprised I didn't remember. If, you, if she was that annoying with that phrase, to like she played Creek. Yeah, she played Creek. Oh yeah, God. it's been so long ago. When she, 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 she was. Uh, I don't know. That was a while back. But she was basically the love interest of the main character in that, and they just gave her the most annoying storylines and, and personality. <laughs> so it was. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> but even then, I was happy to see her because I love my Parenthood alumni. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. But she played the Mater D in this restaurant, and she's the one like that Richie really learned a lot from when, it, uh, as far as organizing the uh, the tasks that they were, you know, like organizing the 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 front of house. Yeah, precisely. So good. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. Richie was is the perfect person for them to have uh, to to do that because he. I feel like you have to have like a thick skin to run the front of house because. 
customers be wild, man. That's true. But episode seven was kind of it was pretty short in my eyes. Like it was it wasn't short, like they were all like it was like thirty minutes, thirty to forty minutes or something like that. But it felt shorter because we were seeing like the same thing. Not necessarily the same thing over and over again, but it was just really focusing on Richie and like nobody else. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it did feel like this season that each character got their own individual episode, yeah. and this is Richie's one. And the, you know, you know, there was one that didn't, because um, you know, Ibra and Tina they shared one, but the yeah, they the shared other one. Guy, um, I forgot his name. Marcus. Marcus. Marcus he was in. No. Nope. Um, he he was in. Yeah, honey, dude, he did the Copenhagen yeah, um, episode. Who's that other dude? The other black guy. <laughs> Oh, Sweeps? He didn't have his no, own he episode. Didn't. Him and Fact, they're the only two that didn't. Well, Fact kind of. Well, Fact was all throughout, so they're fine. But still. Yeah. Because Fact eventually gets his. Um, in this next episode, Fact gets kind of like uh, his his moment to shine. Is this Bolognese? Yeah. That sounds good right about now, to be honest. What is what is it's that? Like, it's really just like a meatball sauce. It's like spaghetti and meatballs, pretty much. Or. Oh, okay. Every time I see bolognese, what I I, I what here the sauce that appears in my mind is actually like like uh similar to the sauce that they use in eggs Benedict. Oh, like a bernays. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. what that's the sauce that's the sauce that comes to mind anytime someone says bolognese, and I'm they like, do oh, sounds similar. That sounds really good. Both of those right about now. That's that's how I know I'm just hungry. <laughs> Man, when we were watching Intergalactic. I was hungry the whole time, so like every single thing that the characters were eating, I was just like, "Oh my god, I want to eat it!" Yes, like when they had that chow mein. Yes, and so uh, this episode Bolognese, uh, that's when they are trying to pass that fire suppression test. I didn't understand what it what that was like because. What what I didn't understand about it is like I understand like if the gas is coming out too hard and then and the and the uh, plastic glove pops then then you got too much pressure coming out of the gas or whatever the, the gas the gas is coming out with too much pressure. But I, what I didn't understand is when they put the the thing on there and nothing happened at all. I was like, shouldn't it blow up a little bit? Doesn't that mean your glass gas is coming out too too little for it? Because the, the if the 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 plastic glove doesn't move at all. Doesn't that mean you're not getting any gas coming out of there at all? What am, I, am I missing so something? There's, I forget the number, but there's like a number amount. And when gas leaks out, by the time you notice it, it should be too much. So in 10 seconds, the smell, you should yeah. not notice there's a gas leak. But within, I think within like 10 seconds, you shouldn't notice there's a leak. And then if you notice a leak within 10 seconds, that means it's too much leaking out. So you don't want it to quickly blow up in 10 seconds. But after like a minute or two, okay, we should see the balloon moving. But they count it down from 10 because it oh. didn't to, like you don't need that much pressure coming out in 10 seconds. Otherwise, you're going to have an explosion. And that's a fire exactly. hazard. Oh, that makes sense. Because, that makes sense. Um, like, have you ever seen like on a gas stove when you kind of like you tick yeah. and like a, a flame just sparks up really high? That means yes. you have too much gas leaking out because it's catching the fire is catching all over uh, the wherever the gas leaked out. And then if it's a light little flame that comes up, which is what you would want, then that means that it's just the right amount of pressure. Now there is such thing as there not being enough pressure, which is a totally different situation. That means there's like a clog or something like that, and that can be just as dangerous. But that's not as common as a gas leak. That makes sense because I, I that was totally throwing me off the whole episode. I was like, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's how come they kept saying, um, uh, I can't even think of it now because I just know they weren't supposed to say it. Hmm. Say what? Jew- they were saying Jewish. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Jewish, Jewish lightning. lightning. Yes. Yes, that's it. Which was weird. That <laughs> <laughs> was such an interesting. I've never heard of that. That was such an interesting stuff. Me, I never heard of that before either. And I was like, what are they talking about? And is it bad? Yeah. Real thing. I thing? guess it is a real thing. I'm not sure if that it might be a real thing. Well, that would be so wild if they came up with that for this show. Yeah, that's all, man. It can't be like a. I've heard of a lot of restaurants and a lot of people doing insurance fraud. Um, it happens quite often. I didn't know it was called that, but because of the region that they're in, it could be, you know, you know, it. That it could be. Sl- it could be slang based on the right. communities that existed in that area. Right. Okay, that's a lot, y'all. But uh, yeah, I like I like Richie in this episode. This is the episode where he actually apologizes to Sugar for kind of trying to step on her toes in her position earlier. And I, I enjoyed that she brought sweeps in and was like, "Hey, uh, I need somebody to witness the fact that he, uh, that he is apologizing to me right. right now." That was interesting. I feel like that was a little bit extra, but <laughs> I get it. I thought it was uh, well. At first, I thought it was extra. Like, oh, she's she's like really uh, overblown this because I thought if I'm apologizing to someone, I don't want like a, an audience for no reason. But then, like, they brought sweeps in, and he was actually like really encouraging. So I was like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, he was really impressed with the apologies. Like, oh, that's surprisingly like yeah. really good. You know, who like what else happened? This episode was one of those. Slow in this uh, in this episode is this is ep- the episode where uh, Sugar and and Richie then interview uh people for front of house and i i couldn't tell if that was like good or bad that richie did the the thing with the napkin because when i think of going to job interviews i hate the idea of people like disqualifying me for dumb shit like that you know because what if she was just nervous what if she was just focused she was like what if she came in there and her thought process was i need to focus on these two i don't need to focus on that thing like and like she really needs to keep her focus on them and not on fixing anything at the table. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is an ex- that's an example of what I like to call somebody being like like somebody hiring a t- a type. You know, because you yes. know Natalie was like she's great. You see all her experience. Da, 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 da. He was like you see it like that, but I see it like in seven years she's moved around a lot. In seven years she can't sit still. In seven years she can't just put up with it. But at the same time, I mean, who are you going to find these days that hasn't moved around a lot? It's just, Crazy. It's, da- it's darn near impossible, especially when the economy is the way it is, especially because they're like it's in real time. Like they're not. It's like present day. It's not like it's in the past. It's like it's. Yeah, they've, they've dealt with COVID yeah, and all that. And so it's kind of yeah. like I feel like he was being a bit too harsh about that because all, like she could just move around a lot because sometimes people will go like I've seen this at, uh, when I worked in a kitchen a lot somebody will work at one particular location just to get it to a certain point and that's just like they might have had a contract or that was their agreement which is a contract with the owner operator or the owner of the business like hey i can get you to this point in sales and i'll get you a new team but after that i'm gone you know sometimes that is the agreement and that is how some people operate they just there for a season they're not there forever and i think his way of looking at it was kind of poor but at the same time, it is understandable you don't want somebody who moves around too much if you're looking for someone long term, but not everybody can be like them and work for nothing for a long time. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes you need to be able to support yourself and the people in your family. Like, come on. Yeah. Ridiculous. This is this is also the episode. So the Jewish lightning thing, they fixed the fire suppression system because they realized that Mikey had disabled the fire suppression system, which... <laughs> yeah, that's wild, right? That means they were sitting on like a powder keg the entire time they were working there. That's scary. That's, that's wild. But also, like, how did no one figure that out before? Like, how the, why didn't they need fire tests? Unless uh, unless Mikey was like re reinstituting reinstituting the system every time he had to have a fire inspection, uh, they were operating illegally for a while. It makes sense as to why they were not up to code. They probably weren't getting proper inspections, and they weren't they were in trouble because of that. That's probably why they were in so much trouble because they weren't doing proper inspections. They weren't you know (laughs) they weren't up to code, and that's how come nobody noticed anything for so long. Dang. I mean that's that's incredibly wild though. I ain't gonna lie, right? <laughs> but again, yeah, this is the episode where Carmi says he loves Claire, makes her dinner. That 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 happens. Okay, and then in the next episode, omelet, bro. This omelet that Sydney made is my favorite thing anyone's made this whole season. And I'm like, I want that omelet. I want it. I want it. Put that in my mouth. I swear. And then, cause like sugar was like hadn't eaten or whatever and like sydney was like bro i'll make you an omelet and like she she she, i wouldn't i would have never thought of putting chips on an omelet like that would have never crossed my mind in a million years and she like she crumbles up some sour cream and onion like like ruffles or whatever and puts it on the top of the omelet i was like bro calm (laughs) yourself part of me was like part of me was like it reminded me of like hash browns and potato like eggs hash browns and eggs oh i was like see Girl, where you get them chips from in that fancy restaurant? But then I saw that they were like fresh made. They had them. They had them. They had them in that uh, container. That that like I was like that wouldn't be a bad dish to try. But also I I was always annoyed yeah. at the fact that she struggled with making the menu, but she could come up with something like that. Yeah. But come. I don't know. Maybe it's because there was no pressure on that, and and she was just doing it out of out of like friendship or whatever. I don't know. I guess it didn't have any. There was no pressure on that. In this episode, so it, there's a lot about Sydney and her yes. dad, and and also the stuff about her mom as well. And I oh her her dad is is Robert yes. Townsend. Yes, I was gonna you say something about that. I was like, hey, <laughs> look who it is. <laughs> and uh, he's always a good time like every time robert townsend shows up i'm like this is gonna be great and and i enjoy him in this role a lot he really uh because you you he, he he's another actor that you can see a lot about what's going on with his character mm-hmm. in his eyes and you see that he you see when he's unsure and you see when he's uh you know uh, when he when he um, you know he loves her, but he also is is scared for her future, and he wa- and he wants uh, her to be able to uh, do yeah. well or whatever. He was a good dad, and yeah, I like that about him. Yeah, he yeah he was great. Yeah, I did like that uh, little uh, storyline with him, her and her dad, because it kind of reminded me of uh, in Abbott Elementary. Whenever Tyler James Williams' character was like thinking about like having his like whole entire teacher career but like his dad was just like oh no i want you to have this job would you like work at the mm-hmm. little shop with me so like, i'll uh, i usually do like i usually do like storylines like that because like usually stuff happens to me too when like i'm having a like, conversation with like a family member is like you should you should like work somewhere somewhere here you work here you work there but even though like uh it shows the care you might have your like own yeah but i will say he probably was adding to sydney's anxiety because i could see that 
Because I, f- right. I feel like I've had that happen too with family members where they're like, they're, that's their way of showing concern, but they're really just provoking <laughs> anxiety and just a lot of intrusive thoughts about a lot of things that could go wrong versus what could go right. Yes, that's that's true. I think there's a, a balance that you can strike, but I'm not sure that he was doing that at first. Like, I think later he was telling her, you know, I really think you are, are capable of doing this. But at the beginning it was more like, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And, and have you planned for this or that or blah, 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 and all right. this. It was like almost like an intention like to scare her off. And it's like, let uh, her just do it on her own and see like what's going to happen. Okay, like like you said, like the, the balance, it's like a good there has to way be to do balance. it. Otherwise, it's just it's, it's it 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 creates characters like Sydney. Like, also in this episode, as far as parents parents go, Sugar tells Carmi that she invited their mom to the opening of the restaurant. Oh, well, not even it's not, it's not even like an opening of the restaurant. They were actually just doing a dry run with yes. family and friends. Oh, this one. That was a lot. <laughs> and I thought, is is the sugar also self-sabotage? Because I like I, I get that that's their mom or whatever, but also she brings a whole bunch of baggage to the scenario. And I think she knew that herself. That's why she didn't go in there. Um, but she brings a whole bunch of baggage to a scenario, a scenario that doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be there. I can see that. I can definitely see her being this, the type to self-sabotage thinking that she's doing something like for the greater good or f- like she makes it seem like it's for everyone when in reality it's kind of like for her. And I took it as she invited her mom because she just wanted her mom to see her doing well versus everybody well, to see yeah. everybody else doing well. Because really the mom, yes, this is the first time this season that they really even like this, not the first time this season, but this is the f- this is only the second season, but this is the first time in the entire of the show. show that they've actually shown anything about the mother and has said much about her. Like, this is the most we've heard of her. And when we see and hear her, she's really connected to Sugar or she or Sugar is trying to connect herself to her mother versus her, her mom wanting to be involved with their lives. And she's, she's just too chaotic to be a part of it. It's like, Sugar, you know she brings problems, but you want her there because she's your mother. And I understand that, but you know yeah. what comes with her. Agree. And I think that Sugar was... I, 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 they they show Sugar again and again seeking uh, I, seeking uh, emotional validation from her mother that she doesn't necessarily uh, ever receive. And I know, like, the, the, as far as when she was speaking to Mikey and Carmi at the, at, on the Christmas episode, it, they, it, I mean, it was basically, like, them saying, hey, stop expecting so much out of her when she's like this. They were doing you know? thing. Like, they, like, I feel like Sugar has mommy issues, and she was longing, like, longing for her yes. mom to be a mom but it's just not in her because of everything she's going through with her addiction and whatever it, else that they haven't revealed to us man especially with sugar now about to become a mother it's probably br- right, bringing up all of that we stuff even see because yeah. like low-key nine and ten could have been just like one episode 
because yeah i mean i feel like we could talk about these together to be honest you have to talk about one without you know you can't really talk about one without talking about the other because it's the same night really yeah because like yeah this 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 episode she invites the mom and then the next episode uh jamie lee curtis shows up right but doesn't go in and tells uh, Sugar's husband to lie about having seen her, which I, I he couldn't handle. Like no, that guy could like not handle it all. Like that he told her. Sure. I feel like we're gonna find that out because honestly, I feel like the mo- like I feel like Jamie showed up because she really wanted to be there. Her name is Donna. <laughs> I just realized that. Um, yes, but she showed up because she really did want to be there, and because of her state, she felt like she didn't deserve. Kind of like what we were talking about. It's like the self sabotaging. Yeah, where she she doesn't feel like she can be loved and she doesn't feel like she adds anything positive right. to any situation and and she feels like her presence can only and make it like worse, not better. Her doing something like this kind of encouraged encouraged that in a way like that self that self, like no one really thought that about her, but she thought about herself. So her doing stuff like this encourages, oh, well mom's not going to show up. She doesn't need to be here. She doesn't deserve to be here. And it's unfortunate because they they actually or sugar actually did want her there who knows really what carmy wanted but also <laughs> yeah also when sugar's crazy husband i forget his name when he oh pete um oh no her so, her dippy he's husband so, he's so ditzy her like dippy. he's the worst <laughs> like he, yo when he he could not handle it when Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "Okay, just lie." He'd like, I just uh, uh, like, well, what's what's? He, I started feeling bad though. He, yeah, because he was he over really there glitching was, out. But for also, real. he revealed to her and everybody else. Well, no, he just really revealed to her and uh, that they were expecting. And I feel like that was part of the reason why Sugar invited her there, so she can be like, "Mom, look at what I'm doing now. Look at what Carmi's doing. Look at what we did to Mikey's restaurant." But also, like, I'm pregnant. Like, I feel like she wanted it to be like this huge thing, and she didn't get. To oh yeah, that. she was probably gonna announce her pregnancy then. Oh no, mm-hmm. man, the fact that he was just like, "Oh yeah, we're pregnant." Like, uh, bro, <laughs> like so. And I feel Dang. like that shows how out of touch he was with Sugar. Like that, that kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier. Where I was like, Sugar is venting to these strangers. Vent to your crazy husband. Like, <laughs> like you're talking to the oh wrong people. He needs to know this. Oh, I did like. I do like. <laughs> I mean, so her her husband is kind of dippy, and he's not necessarily the person you want to go and bring your issues to because he doesn't necessarily seem like a person who can handle complex but things. He needs to I don't know. Her. I do like. Uh, huh? I was saying I do like what you like. You were saying about um, what's his name? Her husband, whatever. Because like she was saying, like since you like went through so much trauma and everything like that, he's like a good like uh. I guess person to, safe like, space. simple person, like a real simpleton person to be around. And it's just like, oh, it's like not too complicated. Like once things get too complicated, he's just like, what, what? I can't pick a third, like an eighth fish or whatever or something. Like, or just like, <laughs> an eighth like, fish? <laughs> an eighth fish? And then, yeah, it's, it's just like certain things like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's understandable. That's a Yeah, that, that, that uh, it's understandable that uh, Sugar would s- seek someone like him after having right. such a chaotic uh, family life. Yeah. Uh, someone really really yeah, extremely I'm simple or like situations where right. it's like the other way around <laughs> sorry somebody's just polar opposite like because he he seems like a soft dude yeah. like a really gentle guy Very uncomplicated just, like, just such a sweet little dude and and also to keep him that way maybe she doesn't 
put a lot of her stress on to him. him. (laughs) Like, as her husband. Like, you're supposed to confide into him. That was a good example, though. But that shows how her, how them not really being connected messed up whatever she might have been planning, but also how it just kind of, I feel like that really slapped um, Donna in the face hearing that from him. Dang. A lot of people. If you for real, <laughs> no, no offense to him. I think the last part no is where uh, when Carmi got trapped in the freaking fridge because he didn't listen. Freezer, bro. Yeah. Did did it seem like everything started running way more smoothly when he when he was out of their hair though? Like he did blow up. Like everyone just immediately got on. Yeah, he was blowing up at everybody, and everything just immediately got back on track. It's like because when, like when he, he was, was locked the chaos in, that was not. He was not. He was so out of touch. Cause I understand Claire was in his life, but he can't blame Claire Wait. for why he wasn't properly communicating or engaging with everybody else. No, because he. I feel no, like his lack of communication with them was the reason why he didn't know what was going on, or the reason why he didn't. He wasn't able to be successful, like like in the midst of everybody else, because he. You know, like uh, when Tina's uh, Sue. Uh, disappeared off the line and he was supposed to step in for him it got to the point to where he was making things more frantic and tina was like was like bae calm down <laughs> just calm down we can handle and bring it down and, a notch you know, man he went off on sydney and it was just like you are your own enemy right now yeah when was it that lionel went off because that was really that was the really surprising part for me as far as because he's chill all the time and so for him to go off and be like uh to go off on uh sydney during that that hectic time i was like whoa well yeah 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 he went off uh carmy was still there i remember yeah Yeah. so So i'm like yeah so like i feel like everybody was having heightened and also like sydney went off on tina as well he was you know he was yeah, everybody was more stressed. It seemed like everybody was more stressed, and then Carmi gets put in the freezer, and everybody's suddenly on track. I'm like, is and, and like, was Rich, was Rich Richie correct? Was Carmi the Donna of that yeah, situation? Thinking he wasn't because honestly, last season he was the Donna of that situation. Like, yeah, they were messed up, but he jumped in and just rewrote everything with without their say, really. Question: What did you think of? Lionel going off on Sydney though, because like that was that was the thing like really like whoa I was like what <laughs> um, when, when when he got mad that, she, that what like was she ignoring him I feel like she wasn't but maybe I don't know say, it's like, hard to I tell really don't I don't know like the, the situation with those two and like the part and like uh, adding Carmi in into the situation where she like kind of likes Carmi kind of like confused me too almost so it's like I, I really can I really can and then oh wait Lionel earlier Lionel mm-hmm. had asked her yeah. out right. Like, and yeah. then, so she started acting weird, weird around him. And so there was that weird ten- tension there. Uh, oh, and she said, I guess she said, no, she turned him down. And so there was that weird tension there. So she might've been kind of ignoring him a little bit, like being yeah. awkward around him or whatever. And I can see how that'd be frustrating when you're yes. just trying to get your job done or whatever. Like they would definitely be yeah, a lot. I took it as that. And also I think he picked up on how Sydney was kind of fawning over uh, Carmi, because I mean, it was pretty obvious her the the tension that or like the the feeling that she had towards him was a little bit more than just I need you to focus because you're my boss. 
Oh, shoot. Shoot. I forgot. We didn't even talk about. So in Omelette, that's when Sydney and Carmi have that conversation under yes. the table or whatever. Did you get romance vibes that from that conversation? I got from Carmi. Like, I care about you because you're like my friend. But from Sydney, I got I could see you as more than a friend. And I don't think I don't think it's I reciprocated see. because, you know, he likes um, Claire. 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 I, can, I I do agree with that, actually. I agree with that. And I think that's how come uh, Marcus was upset because he's like, I, 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 I'm I telling you, I care about you. And last season he told, like, you know, you could see them growing a connection. But now this season he's gone off for a while to do something for her and 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 for Carmi and really for himself. And he comes back. Mm-hmm. She's acting weird because he asked her out. And it's like, let's if anything look look beyond that and kind of like what you were saying focus on the purpose of tonight which is to do well yeah i agree with that and but also like i do think that that was where they were headed before do you know what i mean like i don't know when the change happened but i do think that that they were on the same wavelength as far as that goes before and 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 i do think it that that he's right to be like well what what is this what changed do you know what i mean and uh, that they need to talk about that because because you know it, it, it's not like he's he's just asking her out out of nowhere there's there's no. there's uh set up. I- yeah it's set up there's yes. impetus there right and i think i think that's where he was kind of i think that's if anything that's why he was frustrated because it's like ugh, like what happened all of a sudden you know yeah but I, another, yeah i agree with that another mm-hmm. thing that i thought was interesting was do you think that we'll see more of uh, Luca next season? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we see that guy's silly eyebrows next season. Yes. Yeah, you saw him a lot on the like covers and everything. So like, I hope, hope so. And yeah, and that's actually just, like the way they advertise it, like they sh- and and like the and, and in, in the episode in the uh, the restaurant that Richie went to, you saw a picture of Carmi and, and him on the wall as well. But also, I, yeah. I asked that because he sent Marcus a gift at the end. He sent them the every second counts. Yeah, and because he also learned from Olivia Coleman. The every second counts, and that's part. I enjoyed that story that she she told about her father. And when Richie goes to ask, "Oh, what is the what is the mantra? What is the thing that your father always said after his sign off after every note?" And then uh, he looks up on the wall and sees that every second counts. I thought that was so good. And then, okay, so another thing, when he asked for permission to fire, um, what was his name? The dude that was on meth. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what was, the, I understand, but at the same time, I was like, what was the point in that? Because, <laughs> like, I get it. It happens all the time in restaurants, but at the same time, like. I knew something was up with that dude the second they showed him in the lineup of the new people. And I saw that guy's hair and his whole his whole vibe. And I was like, okay, something's going to go happen with that guy. Yeah, he was real revenue. It was, it was like, what was the point, though? Like, I feel like they could have done without that. You know? Like, what oh, yeah, I think ma- maybe it was to break the tension between him and Sydney because he was like, hey, forget what was go- what's going on with this. I got to tell you this thing. And then, like, they have a laugh about it. And it really broke the tension of that okay. and got them back on track a little bit as far as friends go. Okay. I, that's what I gathered from it. But, you know. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was like, that part had me kind of confused. And I was like, they could have done without this. But another part where I was like. Like, at the end, I was really pissed off with Carmi when he, like, decided to vent out loud about Claire and, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, especially since you know you know she's in the same building as you, yeah, and you don't know who's on the other side of the thing. I think he he thought it was Tina, but still, like she told him, like <laughs> good guy. I don't know, and don't know. and and also I think that's really a contrived setup, you know, where where it's like, oh, he's suddenly saying everything that's on his mind, and of course she's gonna walk in and exactly when he's talking about her or whatever. Like that's such a contrived thing that they do in tv shows where i'm like in this show i don't i don't see them usually doing such contrived things you know what i mean like usually it's more natural but uh, that's that's one moment where i was like they are really using a contrivance as a plot point uh, to to move a story along yeah, it was like real sitcom music. Like, oh, she's right behind music. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like that. And it's like, that's the only thing they could have done to get Carmi to say the thing that's on his mind. Like, that's, they, they had to contrive a situation in which Carmi would say the thing that's on his mind in order to uh, have Claire hear it and be there for it, which is a lot. We'll see her next season. Hmm? I wonder if we'll see her next season. I Hopefully, 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 because I, I thought she added a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They imagine they, she just like lifts was like without even saying anything. Like, what's her name from the shy? She's like lift. <laughs> oh yeah, I loved Wait, her, who? and she just lift. Wait, who? And she just wasn't there, and I'm like, hold on, what? Well, like, what's that one dude's name? Uh, I don't know. I don't know his name. The dude with the braids. He always has like his, his hair in like different ways. Uh, which which dude? There's a lot of dudes. What what does he do? Cause um, like a bunch he, of people have braids. He was he was going he was he was going up from air. Oh, you talking you talking about dude's older brother? Oh, little dude's older brother. Yeah, his girlfriend or wife. I I think she was his girlfriend at the time. Oh, but I think they were thinking about marriage though. Yeah, and then like I think the new latest thing is she just wasn't there and she just like left. Yeah, I I I didn't like that because I enjoyed her character a lot and I thought that she was really like because even if she wasn't gonna be with him, she would have been a cool character to still just be there and have her own storylines happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a crazy way to just like leave, like at least make a minute, make a different way for her to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I wish this, like, my, like overall, I will say I really do like the show. I, this season, it had me kind of disappointed, but I really do hope, like, they need to start making these seasons longer. <laughs> I feel like we could have got this all last season. I don't know, because we've been talking for three hours and <laughs> they only had yeah, 10 bro. episodes. <laughs> I just need more. What's wild is that they got this much story into like thirty minute episodes. That's the wild part. Well, I mean, some of these episodes were a little longer than that this season, but um, yeah, I think the longest, yeah, huh? yeah especially like, but I guess that a good example is that is uh the first season was like shorter episodes and like like and less episodes. Yeah, but they pack in a bunch of story. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's why it's so it's much to unpack. Fast paced. Yeah, because there's like so much going on with all these characters and and the way that they interact with one another, you know. I think we got it all. Yeah. It's three hours. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> there's something in there. <laughs> That's some content for you. Yeah. <laughs> Two final thoughts. Yes. Uh, my final thoughts are, uh, this is like really like one. I think this might be like one of my favorite like shows like that are like right now and um. Like the way they like uh, set up different situations, they're like character development. The character, uh, they were like the way they like set the characters is cool. Uh, and my one of my favorite, I think my favorite character is is either is either like Lionel or Tina. I don't know because like Tina has the most like character development, like in my opinion. And, yeah. Um, 
And, and yeah. Yeah, I enjoy Lionel so much as a character. He's like really sweet. And like anytime he's there, it's it, the scene is better. Um, and Tina, I just like her development as a character because I like how she went from, I, I just love the character arc of her. And I think that her bre- being that prickly at the beginning really makes it count that she is as, as happy as she is and, and it, at this point in her life. Uh, now do you know what I mean like it really makes these moments mean a lot more than they would have otherwise if they hadn't started her where there and you know uh, so that's a thing I like a lot about Tina as a character and uh, I you know I actually like Richie I know I know he's a lot but he's also so complex and interesting as a character and I think that the actor does him very very well uh. yeah I say overall I enjoy the show I was waiting to watch it until, like, like I was really excited to watch it. And the fact that I had to wait a whole year kind of had me disappointed, especially for it to end the way that it did. <laughs> I hope they drop season three much sooner. I hope it's still the same star-studded cast. I will say I love how they did develop Tina, and I love how they developed Richie, because those two, I could not stand them the most. And then for me to be like, <laughs> now feeling somewhat empathetic towards them i'm like okay like the writers did their job but i will say they need to like i want to give props to whomever wrote marcus marcus's character because you don't often see black men written in a light like this and it's often in a negative it's portrayed like they're written in a a way that's really that doesn't portray like the average black dude so i appreciate them writing marcus as this and we need to see more of this in television yeah he's just a casual dude just, just your like everyday a, dude you know yeah agreed i like all of those things about this this is also one of my favorite shows that i've seen it's just really the vibe is different than a lot of shows that i've watched and it's just really affecting as far as emotionally affecting to watch and i love that about it and I look forward to this next season and see what they're going to do. See who they're going to have on here. Got Lee. Like, they, again, they just keep walking into rooms where Oscar winners are just hanging out, doing their best acting. It's crazy. I'm like, what is happening here? But, yeah, uh, good job, everybody. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, this season, Sydney was my least favorite character. I feel like last time I said it was Tina. This time, it's you, Sydney. <laughs> All right. Makes it uh, I Hmm. I feel like it. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who would be my least favorite. To be honest, uh, I like. I like everybody. It's a lot. I do think. I do think Sydney makes some trash decisions. Though, let me be real. Do you have a least favorite character? Do I have a least favorite character? Yeah. Oh, I can. I couldn't say. Um. I know Saul. I know Saul was like really <laughs> douchey. I mean, he really um, was. He could have just been quiet. He could have shut up and 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 brought it up with him another time. Just really. Other than that, I couldn't really say, cause like everybody else, this is like was like uh was like developing over time. He's like, oh yeah, that's a likable person. He like I can see like the like the humanity in them. Yeah, like, especially, especially Richie. It's hard to really yeah. dislike people whenever you see so many facets of them that you're like, uh, I understand that other thing too. Now, uh, you know, especially Richie, cause like last season, I couldn't stand that dude. Bro, bro. he was so <laughs> much. He's often so much. But other than yeah, I, I think everybody's pretty cool. I guess. I guess to like the dude that was doing meth could be. <laughs> His hair was my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, but yeah, that's right. pretty cool. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's our coverage of the bear. 
season two. We really, really covered that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good job, everybody who sat through this, and and I hope you had a good time. I feel like our our podcast might be might be longer than the length of the season. It might be. I don't know. Probably not, but yeah, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying, guys. Whatever. You can catch us at pennyindies.com. That's penny like the coin and indies like the movies.com. You can email us at mail at pennyindies.com. You can send us a message uh, wherever you get your podcasts, like Spotify and and uh, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Or leave, or leave us a comment on the website, whatever. Yeah, get in touch with us. Tell us what you think. Give us a nice. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> if you've watched some oh. of, the, of the first episodes, you, you know what it is. Oh, oh, uh, uh, dang it. It slipped my mind. I was going to say hmm? beef ribs. Beef ribs. <laughs> beef ribs? Beef ribs? <laughs> oh, beef just like say a, like, like a, say a random uh, word beef or phrase dish. to say. Oh, give us a random beef dish? Stroganoff. <laughs> Stroganoff. Oh, okay. That works too. <laughs> I thought I thought you said a random beef dish. I did. Oh, beef dish. Yeah. Beef, oh. beef stroganoff. Beef ribs. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I thought you said okay. You said beef ribs, not beef dish. Okay, got it. No, I, I like, said both. But if that if that's the case, then like beef patties. What? I like those. Like oh, oh, you mean patties. you mean like those the 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 little like empanadas with beef in it? Yeah, like those uh, those Jamaican, the, Jamaican beef patties. Mm. Yeah, that looks so tasty. I want. Does that have cheese in it? Because I don't think. I don't so. think so. It, yeah. Oh well then, because because like really I'm a, I'm about in that empanada life because it has ch- uh, cheese and and meat and I'm like and then you can also dip it in further cheese. Yes, <laughs> level up. Yeah, I guess you can put cheese in there. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could. It's just probably not traditional. Probably definitely give you some acid reflux too. But anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> tell tell us your favorite beef dish. <laughs> yeah. Peace. Peep, peep, All right, y'all. Bye.